Warning. The following episode of Down the Hatch is severely ridiculous. If you have not listened to the previous episode of Tales from the Island, the lost RPG we conduct from time to time here on Down the Hatch, you are strongly advised to do so. A link to Autopilot, the first episode of this series, is in your show notes. Listen to it. Though if you do not choose to listen to it we actually catch you up on the events of autopilot so totally fine uh if you like ridiculousness then definitely stick around things are about to get weird on a placid tropical beach, the waves lapping up onto the shore, palm trees blowing in the breeze, and we hear a soft sound building as we see something in the sky, a plane, no, half of a plane, the wreckage of the front end of Oceanic 815 as it careens towards the earth, crashing into the sand, skidding to a halt. We cut to black. The subtitle reads, Day One. We come back in to the cacophony of screams, a familiar sight. The survivors of 815, as they run about the beach, we see Shannon standing stock still screaming. We hear Michael's voice in the background. What? Boone runs across the screen and the camera turns, focusing on two figures near the shore. One crawling in the sand, Billy Wallace searching for his glass eye as the booted foot of Rodney Sisso drives it into the sand. We caught quickly. We see Rodney swimming back with a survivor in his arms in a striped shirt, a beautiful woman, Sally Stripes, his soon-to-be cohort in this adventure. Uh, We cut again to Billy Wallace, his one eye, winced closed as Rodney races across the sand of the beach, pushing him in a wheelchair into the woods where we find an old man pinned under the wreckage of a tree, and they extricate him. We see Forrest? Whitaker, handing Billy Wallace his bag and Billy frantically searching for something that he treasures so dearly, but it's, it's not there. The pair of them sit around a campfire. Nikki, Paolo, Arst at their side, Forrest Whitaker ominously quietly in the background. Day two. We see uh, Billy and Wallace, the sunlight, Billy and Rodney, this unlikely pair approaching a tent where the two of them proceed to batter and manhandle another of the survivors, a man named Kel, who it appears was smuggling beef jerky, but it's not going to get past these two. Nothing will. It's not long after that they realize they're going to need more food. And so with Forrest Whitaker and Sally Stripes in tow, they head into the jungle, searching for boar. The pair are not highly competent hunters, but fortunately for them, This great jungle cat drops the carcass of an eviscerated boar in front of them. Terrified, but grateful for the gift. The pair return to the beach where they gather up their allies, Nikki, Paolo, Arst, 
and quietly, secretly away from the rest of the camp. They cook, they eat, they fill their bellies. We cut to day five, the subtitle reads. We see the memorial service, Claire reading the names off the manifest. When the revelation comes to our castmates that Kevin, Kevin Garvey Sr., the man they rescued from the forest, who spent these first four days with them, was not on the plane. Which brings us to where we find ourselves now. And I think we see the opening title card, Lost, down the hatch. Get that cat out of here. Sorry. The subtitle reads, Day 6. We see Jack standing amongst the survivors. He's explaining that he's found some caves. The caves are going to offer better shelter than you have on the beach. Protection, water, all the things that the survivors are going to need to make this last. There's some debate in many people's minds as to whether or not they're ready to resign themselves to a life here on the islands. Do they need shelter and protection or should they stay on the beach hoping against hope to be rescued, keeping the signal fire burning? And the speech ensues, live together, die alone. And I think uh, we, we cut again the subtitle finally reading, Day 7, where we find Billy and Rodney. Where do we find Billy and Rodney, gentlemen? On the morning of Day 7. What sorts of activities have you two been pursuing uh, in your first week here? Billy Wallace is standing uh, ass deep in the ocean, uh, scrubbing his teeth with uh, a toothbrush he's hoarded and salvaged from the crash of Oceanic 815, desperately trying to get a piece of pork out from beneath his back molars. It's stuck in there. It's really, it's really wedged in, uh, and it's starting to cause a problem. And Billy turns to his, uh, his reluctant new friend somehow because they've bonded over Rodney's adoration of Billy's earlier feature film work, The Fourth Force. Uh, he's able, they've, they've able to, been able to bond over this. He turns to Rodney, feeling closer to him than he has felt to just about anybody in the last several years of his downtrodden life. He looks to Rodney and says, I know this is gross, man, but like, do you think you could just pick this pork out of my teeth because the toothbrush, it's not doing it. And it's really starting to aggravate me. Rodney is looking up from his present project to Billy's interesting, uh, interesting inquisition remark. He is currently working on a project uh, in which he has taken some clothing from the survivors uh, and the dead as well. and has been fashioning them into his own set of wear. Uh, Rodney feels that their time on the island is far from over, and so he feels like he might as well get comfortable. He's uh, and at this moment he's been trying to fashion a pair of jeans into a nice pair of Daisy Dukes that he can rock around the island. Of course, not near the jungle, but you gotta show off the goods when you have them, right? And knowing their diet, who knows how much longer he's going to have said goods before his nutritional system falls apart? He simply looks up at Billy, sort of eyes uh billy sort of gesturing to his mouth 
shrugs, throws his pants back at shore, brushes his hands off in the water a bit, and decides to reach on in with the most beautiful hands you've ever laid eyes on. <laughs> All right, my mouth's open wide. Get it, buddy. All right, do I have to roll anything? Rich I think to you probably do, pork? right? Otherwise, you're going to pull out my teeth. Um, sure. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this for real. Let's see yeah. if he can't get the pork let's out. See. Let's see how what good of a dentist Rodney Sisto is. He did play <laughs> one in a very interesting <laughs> film. I'm inclined to say that um, you're going to need to make a body plus survival roll. This this feels okay. like an appropriate right. pairing. That's seven dice. I think I'm okay. I think okay. I'm okay. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got three successes in there. Three successes. Having wow. uh, spent a week now on the island without um, the, the typical self-care products that Rodney would surround himself with, his fingernails have grown slightly longer than usual, um, giving him a, a very adept set of pincers to reach mm. into the mouth of one Billy Wallace. And, a real and Navy and Andrews length of fingernails. Indeed. Indeed they are. You'd give him a run for his money at least. Perfect for classical guitar. And uh, as as you reach into the back of the the gaping maw of your compatriot Billy Wallace, you're able to um, lance this this rotting piece of pork that's been kind of hanging back there and extricate it from your friend's molars. Ah, Rodney, thank you so much. This has been bothering me not only uh, physically but uh, for days now. But keep getting scared that I, my breath smells like pork. The big guy who's always hanging out with the doctor keeps smelling my breath. Uh, makes me think like he's on to us. I think he's just hungry, man. I mean, I don't know how much boar is going around. Hey, you know what? I got a great idea for this little string of pork. If we ask that Korean guy, I see he's been fishing around a lot. Maybe he could use this some sort of bait. We could land us a fish feast tonight, eh, buddy? We'll be the heroes of our little fire crew. Oh, yeah. No, I'm into that. I know nothing about fishing, so I don't know if like a, if a big string of like half-digested, uh, or I guess it's not digested at all, but like half-gross mouth pork. Oh, trust me, man. <laughs> this sea has to be this the thing? teeming with rainbow carp, and the carp love the pork. I think uh, they'll be able, we'll be able no, to No, I did have, hear that. I read that once. We'll be able to have ourselves a big old luau tonight. Don't you worry. Just rely on old Rodney. I've got you this far, haven't I, buddy? Oh, you sure have, Rodney. Uh, so if this is your plan, I'm backing it all the way through. I think at this moment, you guys, uh, you hear a voice call out to you. Did you guys say luau? Are you going, you going boar hunting again? And you turn to see uh, your friend, your campmate. Perhaps not, friend. That might not be the best word. Leslie Arst. Mm. Uh, and he's walking down to join the pair of you in the water. He's untying his little neck kerchief and beginning to wash it off. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a few days since you guys got that boar. It would be great if you guys could get another one. Uh, uh, not right now, farts. Uh, we're truly really trying to... Arst. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's I... Farst, not farts. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, Farst. Uh, we're, yeah, we're really trying to focus more on what's out here in the ocean. You know, there's only so many supplies in the jungle. I mean, it's a big island. We don't know how far we're going to be here, but if, you're more than welcome to join us, man. And I got Or you could go pig hunting, Leslie, if that's something you'd be interested in, uh, you know, trying your hand at. We've got the supplies. You could just well, go and you could do it yourself. I, I don't, I don't know about pig hunting. I mean, if you guys want me to go with you, I will. Certainly. I have a lot of information that might be useful or valuable to you, but, but, but you guys are making a lot of sense from what I'm hearing. 
there, there's resources out here on this beach. Have you heard? Have you heard this rumor that's going around? The doctor, the other doctor. There's two doctors on this island. You know, I'm a doctor. I'm an educator also. But uh, he wants us to move to the caves. What do you What do you all think of that? That's a terrible caves? idea. Caves. Why? It's a terrible he, idea. What's at the caves? Why does he want us to go to caves? It doesn't matter why. It's, it just matters that it's a terrible idea. The, I can't go to a are, cave. I can barely see in the daylight. I have one eye. I can't oh, just exactly. go spelunking in the into the middle of the island. This is a terrible idea. And look, here's the thing. We have had a run-in with a creature or two out there in the middle of the, the canopy. I mean, we can imagine they live somewhere, right? And a cave would be the most likely place that they live. They are quite literally walking into the mouth of the beast. I think if we stay out here, got plenty of water, got plenty of beach, I can make sure that we stay out here at least another, like, six years. I think we could reliably live out here for that amount of time using what I've got in my arsenal. And well, Billy uh, Wallace, deeply feeling that it is his destiny to become a leader of men, uh, doesn't like the idea of one of the survivors of Oceanic 815 literally leading an exodus into the heart of the jungle. Billy feels that by staying here on the beach, he has a maximized opportunity to seize his destiny as the leader of the beach people. Uh, this is a no-brainer. We're sticking around, Rodney. This is not even a debate, is it? I don't think so. But first, I'll tell you what. We'll make sure we can Arst. bag a... Oh, I'm so sorry. I'll make sure we can bag an extra fish for you to uh, dig into tonight. If you... uh. Want to loan me one of your very fashionable ascots? Uh, I I gotta try it on, man. You you pull it off, man. You are giving us Fred from Scooby Doo realness, but uh, I think this bronze neck needs a little bit of flair, don't you think? I, I mean, the, the, I, I'm really glad that you guys are going to be voting with me against the caves. There's so many of these people seem to be buying the Kool Aid that he's putting out there, but. And I, 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 we have limited supplies out here, Rodney. I, I mean, my ascots. Why don't you go ahead and make a uh, heart versus uh, charm roll here, Rodney? Okay, that's another seven. See if you can convince uh, Leslie to hand over an ascot. That is a success. That is a success. And I think Leslie, um, considering his options and the fact that you guys so easily have joined his side in the vote no to the cave's uh, uh, mandate, kind of size like well i mean you guys you guys i can count on you in this vote obviously and you really have done a great job helping me uh sure sure if, if it's gonna help you then i guess it's gonna help me here and i think he reaches into his back pocket pulling out a, a cleaner a, a necktie kerchief uh rodney will gladly take it watch it off in the ocean a bit but then he'll uh do a nice little neat boy scout-esque tie around his neck and give a nice uh, sort of like look to Billy of like, am I pulling this thing off? You know, like the whole montage of trying on different pieces of clothing, walking out of the dressing room. And even though Billy and Rodney have become close, there is, of course, always a little lingering feeling of rivalry between the two, both of them uh, hailing from the the biz, as it were. Uh, Billy, who has had a, a big rag across his face for the last several days without <laughs> having found something that he feels would actually fashionably adorn uh, his, his missing eye hole, uh, looks over at Leslie Arst and feels like maybe he has finally found the opportunity for uh, for something that will that will work well to cover the eye. And so Billy says, "Now 
Now, Dr. Farst, it, it wouldn't be fair if Arst. it's a Dr. Arst, uh, Dr. Arst, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fair for you to give Rodney an ascot and not me an ascot. I mean, don't you remember how impressive it was when I was with the jungle cat and I befriended the jungle cat? And then, you know, because of that, I, I'm largely responsible for getting us the pork that was mysteriously killed by maybe a monster in the jungle. Like, don't you think like maybe I should have an ascot, too? What do you think? I'm an ascot smuggler, he says to you. I mean, I, I, I'm not made of ascots here, uh, uh, Billy, but, but, well, why don't you go ahead and make a, uh, <laughs> a heart plus uh, charm roll? Okay. Billy. So, so heart is four. Uh, and what is my charm? Negligible. Yeah. All right. Yeah, all right. So four dice. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. You got two successes here. Oh, was that, my word. Did I get he, it? He, he sighs and he says, well, uh, I mean, I've, I've got one back up with my stuff at the beach. I've got another one. I, I've really I've made a few of these ascots. My neck gets very sore. All right. Well, here. tally ho. We'll, we'll be we'll be here in the ocean. Go run back and get the the ascot. I have to talk to Roddy about something anyway. If you uh, oh, OK, you I'll, I'll be around. right back. I'll be right back. And I think uh, ours turns and, and he does not run by any means, but he sluggishly begins to shamble. Uh, back if only he thing. ran, we would hear such great noises <laughs> from him. <laughs> And Billy turns to Rodney and goes, man, that guy sucks. I mean, like, like, I thought, like, maybe the science stuff would be, uh, it would pay off for us in the long haul. But, like, I got to tell you, just not a big arse fan. And I wonder, Rodney, what are the odds that we can convince Dr. Arse to move to the caves? Because, like, if we're going to be here out on the beach, I don't know that I want him (laughs) to stick around with us. Here's the thing, though. With greater real estate... There's more room for him to move around. I don't know if we can convince him to go to the caves as much as we can convince him that maybe it'd be best if we saw other camps, if you know what I mean. Yeah, maybe because I know he's got like that really elaborate lab setup that's going to be hard to move to the cave. Can we convince him that it would be important for him to like have his own research station based right. further down the beach from where you and me and all our cool friends are hanging out? Well, that's the thing. I've heard, I heard him like whinging about some sort of spiders or something. I don't know. Dude is on crack with all the weird science stuff he gets onto. I just sort of drone out for a second, but I heard the name spider and sort of tuned in. Maybe if we say there's a bunch of spiders down the beach or something, then that'll help him move Into things it. down. Into it. Okay. And so I think uh, as Arst is like uh, shambling his way back, he's, he's got the, the third <laughs> of his abundance of ascots in his hand and, he, and he's uh, making his way towards you, Billy, extending his arm, offering it up to you. And I, I take it very quickly mm-hmm. before, before he gets any ideas about uh, take backsies. Uh, so I, I take backsies, his ascot, and I wrap it around my head. Uh, and I, I look to Rodney and I say, does this look good? And the knot is just like on my eye. So obviously it doesn't look good. <laughs> I'll still give him the thumbs up. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm looking great. Feeling fresh. Listen, you can, you can sell whatever style you're looking as long as you've got that attitude. Yeah. Uh, so then Rodney's going to turn, uh, well, you know, he's not going to turn to ours. He's still going to continue his conversation with Billy, but like not so surreptitiously sneak occasional glances at Arst while he's talking being like, 
man, my my legs itch so much. You don't think there are spiders around here, do you? Oh, I saw a lot of spiders down the beach. Uh, pretty sure that there's just a oh a, a whole mess of spiders. Not wait, spiders. a whole mess of spiders whole mess down of, down mm-hmm. the beach. Down so the beach. not where we currently are. Yeah, away from where we are currently on the beach. Down the beach, there's like a big spider's nest. Uh, and if you're into that sort of thing, if you're into observing animals, collecting animals, uh, conducting scientific research on animals, uh, I could just imagine that it would be a treasure trove for you. But Billy, clearly none of us standing around here right now have any interest in the study of animals whatsoever. None. Right? Zero. Right, I mean, first? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I don't know how aware you guys are of my background. We haven't had much of an opportunity to sit and really talk about what we did before oh, this yeah, catastrophe so, befell us. Yeah, but I'm, I'm an educator guy. and a, a yeah. di- well, yes, yes. Yeah. And and spiders, you say, and he's like turning now, scanning the uh, the length of the tree line along the beach. Where exactly did you guys? He's kind of pointing his one hand over his eyes, blocking the sun. Where exactly did you guys say you saw these spiders? Uh, uh, and I push him in the water. <laughs> <laughs> why don't uh, why don't why don't you roll like a body plus sneak roll, Rodney, okay. to see if All you can right. push him in the water without his realizing that you had like overtly, you know. Uh, those are two successes. Two successes, and so smooth as smooth can be. You uh, kind of hip check Ars, who's clearly not that well balanced to begin with, and he like pointing his hand over his head. He keels over face first, oh! <laughs> uh, choking a mouthful of salt water. He <laughs> comes up sputtering and wet and flustered. Oh, I can't. I, I I I need to go dry off this salt water. It doesn't do well for my skin. I'm gonna end up with a rash like that guy Sullivan. Uh, 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 if you guys see any jars or bottles, try to grab those for me. I'm gonna need them for the spiders. Oh, so you're sold on the spiders? You're gonna be you're gonna be spider guy? Well, I mean, of course, it's a it's a clear indication the the amount of uh, isolated species that probably have not been brought back to 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 knowledge in the common world. I'm I'm gonna yes yes absolutely. Oh, okay, that's just great. That's great. That's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why we'll, don't you why don't you go uh, dry off first and uh, watch your footing next time? Okay, it's, not it's, not all of us can be as uh, tender foot as myself, yeah, stay, and Mr. Wallace. Stay dry. Stay dry. I think uh, the ocean no good. No good for you. Salt's really doing a number on me, and he kind of like is making his way. Up. Up out of the water, wandering back towards the camp. And Billy turns to Rodney, raises his fist mm-hmm. uh, in in a in a in a in a horizontal uh, holding of the fist out to Rodney to engage their secret the the launch of their secret handshake. Rodney's move. Uh, Rodney takes his two hands and engulfs the fist and uh, starts. Yanking it up and down like a slot machine lever. Uh, it's not really that's that's not really that like down low of a handshake, but yeah. And then Billy responds to that by going ching ching <laughs> And then Rod, they both yell jackpot. In jackpot. Which case they, they they pretend throwing up coins and dancing around. Yes, excellent. And I think uh, with that, cut to lost. <laughs> Longest cold opening ever. Oh my god! Yeah, so here we are, episode two of the Lost RPG, uh, having having a very fun time here. 
on post show recaps, uh, losing our mind as uh, the quarantine uh, in uh, in the world of 2020 continues to take its toll on all of us. But having a good time here, and hopefully you are having a good time listening to this as well. I'm Josh Wiggler, of course, playing the part of Billy Wallace, joined here by Mike Bloom, as always, on Down the Hatch, playing the role this time, this week, only for the second time, of Rodney Sesto. And we are delighted to once again be joined by the great Rich Filiberto himself, the dungeon master here on the Lost RPG. Rich, welcome back, my friend. Hey, thank you guys so much. Uh, it's just just a blast, just a pleasure. We've been trying to put this together again for for quite a while now, and uh, this is the the perfect opportunity. Uh, suddenly, we all have some some. It's not quite more like free time on our hands, and certainly like uh, a desire to create some free time uh, and really just absolutely go 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 ham uh, as we did in this opening scene. And if you don't know what the Lost RPG is, this is something that we did an episode of really early on in the run of Down Nearly the Hatch. six months ago at this point. That's right. Rich really helpfully articulated a montage of the events that take place over the course of that episode. Uh, but if you are so inclined, you can check it out in our show notes. Every single week we have a link to it. Uh, it's episode one, Autopilot. Here we are, episode two, finally, the other, other 48 days where we will catch up with what Billy and Rodney have been up to since we saw them last leading up to the moment that we are currently at in the early days of season two a uh, special shout out also to sean yannell uh, i hope i'm pronouncing your last name correctly uh who has done an incredible job uh, animating the cold open to the first episode <laughs> oh, of brilliant. the down the hatch lost rpg uh sean you got your work cut out for you this time i don't know that you could do 18 minutes but maybe you got the montage maybe you can do the montage yeah before it. or at least the scene where we push our take <laughs> inventory then push him in the water well that feels like very in the spirit of what we do here uh right rich we we apply uh the the system from tales from the loop which you have modified to fit uh lost uh the world of lost for our very own rpg system uh which is you know it's designed for something that's like action adventure and stakes are involved and it could be um exhilarating and fun but dramatic and scary too and really what we apply it to is like full-on silly ridiculous lost shenanigans that uh ultimately lack gravitas completely uh where we we wail on uh kel gleason from survivor the australian outback and steal his beef jerky uh where we uh we push dr arst into the ocean for i mike you'll have to take me behind the curtain of the reasons for why you chose to do that uh but i'm i'm grateful that you did it because it was glorious and wonderful uh and i think here today we'll probably get into even more similar shenanigans along the way here on yeah we have many many days to catch up on and in the time since josh and i have really built out a rogues gallery of randos (laughs) on the island (laughs) who are we gonna Uh, meet and considering what Rich has prov- painted the the tapestry of, even in our first episode when we only had four podcasts in our arsenal, arsenal, I cannot imagine what we have in store for us. But the uh, the future is bright, my friend, and I cannot wait to see exactly where we go here. As bright as a spotlight from the hatch. Rich, you really threw us right back into it, and which was amazing, and and I think helpful for people who uh, you know either you caught on or you didn't. Uh, is there is there anything that you feel like you want to remind the audience about as we push forward into the game? Uh, anything that you want to set the deck on? Um, no, the basics are we, we've wrote out a little rule system here. You guys have characters, you have character sheets, but, uh, in terms of the things that happened last time, I encourage you to go back and take in that glorious two hours because I couldn't possibly recreate it in the, oh, so in the moments fun. we have here. 
But um, yeah, you guys are a couple of yahoos trapped on the island with our uh, familiar faces of our cast. I believe at the time, Yahoo was one of the more preeminent uh-huh. search engines. Yeah, that's so right. That's sense. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Rich, we, we turn our fates back over to you as you push us forward into whatever you have planned for us next. We, uh, uh, we, we, have, we have full faith in you at this okay. point. As uh, the screen comes back after our uh, commercial break here and we see the the subtitle at the base of the black screen again, I think that we see um, day 12. Okay. And, and we come back into frame as we find um, Billy and Rodney. It's, it's probably about midday uh, sitting near where their camp was, where, where Dr. Leslie Arst formerly had his uh, – scientific operation center set up but has since moved it much further down the beach to the conglomeration of spiders where he can uh, keep his ascots drying perpetually and i think as the pair of you are kind of sitting near your campfire um your associates nowhere really to be found the two of you having a moment alone um a fellow comes like rushing out of the tree line you know that in the days uh, since the caves were discovered, a great number of people have, have moved up there. But you see coming out of the woods, it's a, a scrawny looking fellow with a pair of glasses. You, you've certainly seen him around in the days since the crash, but he looks really kind of uh, dejected and, and down and his head is kind of down as, as he's kind of casually walking past you guys. And he looks over at the pair of you like um. Hey, uh, how how are you guys? And Billy's like, oh, shit, Rodney, it's the rash guy. <laughs> the guy with the rash. Uh, so Rodney will sort of, like, do a quick wave and, like, scoot a little bit on the sand away from him and just sort of, uh, say, yeah, I'm good. Just, you know, Oh, come him out. on, you guys. It's not contagious. It's not contagious. The doctor told do me. Do not take contag- one more step towards us. Six foot distance okay keep your six foot distance from us listen i'm not i'm not here to make anybody uncomfortable i i talked to the doctor um up uh, and and uh, he says that it's it's more it's nothing to worry about it's definitely not contagious the salt the sand the sun these are not things that i'm accustomed to in my daily life okay what do you do in your daily life what do i do in my daily life Nobody's yeah. asked me that since the day that I got here. Oh, good job, Rodney. Now we're about to get a knob. He reaches up and kind of like places his hand over his chest. And, and he's like, this this really means a lot to me to have the opportunity to tell you guys. Uh, I mean, I'm sure nobody would believe it, but I'm actually a hunting guide. And then Billy does a double take. If he had two eyes, he'd blink <laughs> them both. Say, hunting guide? Oh, man, Rodney, this could be it. We've been trying to fish. The guy doesn't speak English, so that hasn't really been working out. Yeah, we did kind of shove a piece of chewed up pork in his face, and so Would we're not really on his uh, good list. Promptly, soon. promptly threw into the ocean to never be seen again. Uh, should we? Should we lean on this guy? I mean, I don't want to literally lean on him, but uh, and then she sort of like breaks from the huddle to talk to Sullivan, Hun- hunting guide. What was your? Uh, what was your, the nature of your business? Uh, well, what heads are lurking on your wall? I uh I own I own some land up in northern California and I've got a I've got a, a really nice piece of property there and there's there's just an incredible explosion of rabbits and so um I rent out cabins I've got a few cabins on my property and uh I have a I have a few dogs and that's part of it really I breed beagles um 
you know, Beagle Snoopy, like Charlie Brown. And yeah, we know Beagles. They're great rabbit dogs. Anyway, you know, I, I rent the cabins out. I have people come, stay for weekends, retreats, uh, uh, business trips, kind of corporate bonding exercises. I, I, I was going to try to go hunting with Mr. Locke, but I think that the rash is really, that it's gotten around and everybody, they, they, well, like you guys, they don't want me to get too close and. Well, Rodney turns to Billy and just whispers, okay, he's not a hunting guy. He's a cabin douche. And, Bi- is- <laughs> and Billy turns to Rodney and goes, yeah, did you hear that he says he's into corporate bondage? Yeah, this, uh, all right, this guy's getting freakier by the second. What's he doing with those beagles? I don't want to know. Yeah, I thought the bugles were for the eating. Uh, so they turn back, wow, whoa, I mean, beagles? I did not take you for a beagle, man, dude. I mean... I, if, if you're interested in going hunting, I mean, I'm I'm willing to assist any time. Just come find me. You know, I, I might be wandering around at some point. But if uh, if you want to feel like you can go bag us some rabbits or some boar or what have you. Well, hey, how about right now? I mean, uh, Mr. Locke just left with that fella, Ethan. But uh, I, I don't really have a suitcase full of knives, I can't say. But but maybe we could fashion up a spear or something. I I mean, I'd love to, to have some company out there. I'm going to go anyway by myself. And All right. I, I just mean, came what back else to you... see if I could borrow an ascot from Arst. Oh, he, I think he's fresh out of ascots. Uh, but feel free to ask him. Um Look, Rodney, we've just been tanning for days, uh, this whole sticking behind while the people went into the caves. Uh, we've been pretty thirsty, pretty hungry. All of, like the cool people are, are, are too busy with all their respective dramas. Uh, the one guy got tortured, and the, the, the other guy, he, he walked off. Uh, it would help if we learned some names. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really that interested, though, to be honest with you. Oh, my name's Sullivan. Okay. Uh, okay, great. Uh, why, don't we just, why don't we just go with this guy? Let's just, let's shake right. it up. Let's shake it up. You know, right. like, it's been boring. Let me, let me boring. get into my my jungle gear, okay? And uh, Rodney proceeds to put on a pair of pants that has one long tear down the leg and uh, a nice brown pair of Birkenstocks, and says, "All right, I'm ready to go." And Billy claps both of his hands, shakes his head, and goes, "Absolutely." Perfect jungle attire. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. A picture of style as always, Mr. Sisto. All right, Solomon, let's do this. Yeah, it's uh, it's Sullivan, actually. But yeah, sure. Let, this is this is great. Let me just uh, get, a, get a bottle of water here and we'll take right off. And so I think that you guys have a moment as Sullivan like heads over to his camp and and uh, he, he gets his little plastic Oceanic 815 bottle of water and begins making his way back to you. Right, do we have are there like gloves around? I mean, hey, we're, we're going to want gloves. I think we're going to want gloves. <laughs> uh, I think we we really are going to want him to just be like at least a good six feet in front of us the entire the, way through. The, the thing is that he's saying he's not contagious so much. It makes that he's feel contagious, like, right? Yeah, like, like the, the, yeah. the, what is it, the lady doth protest too much, I believe, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm germaphobic anyway. Uh, the fact that like I had like uh yeah th- th- this is no good uh let's I I want the the boar and let's shake it up but let's just make sure we're keeping keeping our distance from this that sounds good 
Okay. So Sullivan uh, makes his way back over, taking a sip from his water, and um, he, he bemoans again for a second. Yeah, I really wish I had an ascot. I mean, they, you guys look great. It's it's like you're a, it's it's a whole kind of team bonding thing. To you've be got fair, you there. have a rash cot. Oh, Rodney, and then they do the handshake again. <laughs> uh, Billy holds out his fist horizontally. Uh, Rodney takes the fist in both hands and yanks it up and down like and a lever then, on a slot machine. And then Billy goes. And they both simultaneously say jackpot, and then they start dancing and throwing coins in the air. Yeah, I think uh, I think we see Sullivan's like shoulder slump at the mention of his rash god, <laughs> but this whole uh, display really perks him right back up again, and he's like, "Man." You guys are really bonded. Okay, let's go. And uh, he turns and starts like heading into the jungle. So the pair of you uh, with him following, I'm sure not too closely behind. Um, no. <laughs> begin tracking your way into the jungle. And so uh, it's the better part of an hour or so. And Sullivan stops every once in a while and is kind of scanning the ground like, um, oh, yeah, these are, this is definitely, these are boar tracks right here. I, I was asking Mr. Locke about them. This is where they're, where they're roughing up the ground and whatnot. Um, and Billy turns to Rod and he goes, he's asking Mr. Locke about the, but why would he have to ask Locke what the track, he's a hunter. He's a rabbit and beagle guy. Let's just, I guess, better than nothing, uh, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sheraton, keep on going. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, you guys keep your eyes peeled if you if you see anything or you notice anything along the way here. And so I think uh, Sullivan is, is now leading you guys uh, along the trail as the pair of you stalking along. Um, who who is the more perceptive of the two of you? Oh, we got it. We got to check. I mean, I would say that Billy only has not to body shame. Billy only does have one eye. It's just That's the one it. eye. It's, it's very true. It's very true. So I suppose then, uh, Rodney, why don't we have you make a um, mind plus uh, investigate roll? Oh, that is one die. So <laughs> much like Billy's. All right, here we go. Nope, that's a failure. Yeah, doesn't see anything. Um, okay. So I think that as you're walking, Rodney, um, you're like looking, you know, you're really focusing your attention. You're, you're trying to read the tracks on the ground. You're, you're looking for snapped over branches or any kind of sign of anything. And you very obviously missed the trip line that is, uh, in this trail <laughs> right in front of you that Sullivan just like, uh, conveniently happened to step over. And, and I think your leg hooks into it for a second. You feel it before you hear the sound of like snap. And something up in the air is like swinging down towards you. This enormous bundle of, uh, of, of sticks of star- sharpened sort of spears twisted up into a bundle attached to a vine is hurtling towards your friend Rodney, Billy. You see it coming before he does. Cause though you have one eye, you are far more perceptive than this man. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Billy is just, uh, he's, he's concerned for Rodney, but not as concerned as he is for his own well being. So he's just doing whatever he can to get out of the way. Okay, so Billy jumps out of the way, leaving Rodney square in the path of this thing. Sullivan far enough up the trail that he's well out of harm's way. Rodney, you have an instant to react to this. Uh, why don't we have you make a, a body plus move roll? Okay, well, that's going to be five. Much better than my perception. 
Uh, I got one success. One success is just enough for Woo! you to throw yourself flat onto the ground. It reminds you of uh, your days in Vanuatu, perhaps, of the, mm. the lightning uh, animal-like preternatural reflexes that you developed to go play that incredible game out there. A reminder yeah. to people and, who are not fresh on autopilot that uh, Roddy's has no competed on Australian Survivor. First and in fact, out. let's have a flashback to that, shall we? <gasps> let's. Day two in the jungle as uh, Rodney is uh, showing off to a young man being like, go on, throw the rock again. I'll dodge it. I'll show you my animal-like quick instincts. And I think the man's like, I don't know, Rodney. Are you sure? Listen, I wouldn't have you be throwing a rock at me, Graham, if I wasn't going to dodge out of the way. Okay, listen, I studied cheetahs. I know exactly that one moment you got to zig where they zag, and that's how you dodge out of immediate danger. And look, Maybe that could mean votes coming your way, or in this case, maybe it could be a rock coming your way. Don't worry, I've got this, Grammy Cracker. I know we just met yesterday, but my name's Gene, and I think that he just heaves the rock at you, and mutters under his breath, filthy Americans. So should I make another uh, <laughs> another check here? Sure, yeah, move plus body. Oh, two successes. Two successes, much like you did now. You throw yourself out of the way as the rock comes flying. And then a second one, much more quickly, which you didn't actually ask him to throw. And uh, <laughs> But you're able to dodge that one as well, quite fortunately. And uh, Gene, who you thought was called Graham, is standing there like, uh, yeah, right. Well, you quick as a cheetah. It's proven then. Uh, oh, that was a workout. Oh, man. Hey, you want to grab us a couple of coconuts? I'm pretty parched right now. I can, yeah, uh, and sure. I can Later on, I can talk to you about your technique and how you might want to work on it to expend less energy. I'd really like to know what the hell you did to get yourself out here. I mean, it's weird. We're all Australians. It's Australian <laughs> Survivor. I don't know. It's a, it's a real curiosity, but... I'll just say that I have some experience down under. Oh, right, right. And I think it's at this point that we see uh, one of the other tribe mates in the background, like, whoo, you know, eyebrows up like he does he ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in which uh, Rodney sort of gives a look to her and then decides to uh, just sort of get like a non sequitur of like, OK, well, I'll, I'll see you back at camp, Graham, and uh, just walks away, making sure to quickly avoid the eye contact of that little bit of a cat collar. <laughs> indeed indeed he does as, and as graham kind of uh walks away we we hear the sound as we bring ourselves back now to the the sweaty rodney sisto flat on the ground as hanging over him like a pendulum on a on a vine is this big knot of spears and and sort of branches and logs all bundled together and sullivan has turned around his eyes wide in shock and fear like Oh my gosh, that's a, somebody put that there. This is, I was not, I don't know how I missed it. I walked right past that thing. Are you all right? Yeah. No, duh. Somebody put it here. This is not a natural formation, Solomon. Okay. Um, uh, look, I, 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 I respect what you're doing. I respect your hunting ability. I, I might need to clock it in here. For the hunting trip. Uh, I do not want to end up impaled on any pointy sticks by the end of this, okay? I do not want to become any more holy than I already am. 
Oh, man, I think we see Sullivan kind of like scratching at his neck a little bit, you know, <laughs> and he's just like, I, I mean, I, I understand. I, this is certainly what not I, what I expected to find in this jungle. Uh, Billy Wallace, as you're watching the pair of them, let's see if you hear what's coming for you right now. Why don't we have Billy make a, uh, oh, what's a mind plus investigate role? Okay. Mind. So my, my mind is four. I have an investigate of two. Indeed, okay. he does. Six dice. Pretty good number. Six dice. That is two successes. Two successes, Billy. Good you enough. hear it. As the, as the pair of them are going back and forth and Rodney is kind of expressing a little bit of concern and, and saying, like, I should go back, you hear from behind you. <laughs> and you turn. And it's, you a, it. it's a boar. Boar. Uh, and Billy, as though sheer animal instinct has taken over his body looks to the ground of fallen wreckage that nearly killed his friend rodney sesto picks up one of the spears looks the boar dead in the eyes with his one remaining eye and with the precision of an olympic javelin artist which is what i believe they are called (laughs) yes he hurls the spear forward at the board. Uh let's have let's have Billy make a uh, a body plus force roll. Okay, so that's a three with nothing on it. All right, Ooh, no muscle. Three dice. Let's see if three is a magic number. Two successes, baby. Wow, successes. Bacon. Wow, artist you are indeed. Wow, with the uh, precision only matched by Olympians themselves. Uh, one-eyed Billy Wallace goes into his spear pitching position, his leg coming up, incredible drama in every movement as we see the spear come up over his head and he hurls it with a laser-like accuracy and precision as it sails through the air, threading the needle between the foliage and the trees around you and just driving straight into the throat of this boar with its uh, scimitar-like tusks as it snorts and is about to charge, but it collapses over, uh, uh, kicking and squealing in its death throes, but clearly immobilized by the incredible accuracy and power of the throw. And Billy's just like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so, so glad that I was, uh, that I was cast in the Olympic artist. Uh, back in uh, in the in the mid nineties, when I was is that sick. like the artist? But yeah, it was about a silent. Olympics. It was a silent <laughs> film, black and white, and I was I was one of the background players on the Olympic artist. I was one of the I was on the track team, and I took it took it very seriously. So I'm very good at throwing spears. Uh, I think um, it's at this moment you guys hear a voice from the jungle behind you, like that was fantastic. Hey guys! And like you turn and a, and a figure steps out, um, clearly having been following you down the trail at a distance to, to keep himself concealed. And we see, um, this, this sort of dirty blonde haired man, his hair tussled, uh, you know, a week's worth of beard stubble growth on his once clean shaven face. And I think he's got a, a blanket from Oceanic 815 kind of tied around his neck and then again around his waist, uh, kind of like a, like an apron almost. And he's holding a, a large knife in one hand and he kind of waves at you with the free hand. Don't, don't worry. I don't know if you guys recognize me. We haven't formally met yet. 
I'm Chef Jeff. Oh, Chef Jeff! Uh, oh, Ron, Ronnie picks goodness. up a stick and pure animalistic instinct throws <laughs> one of the pointy sticks at him. Oh, no! <laughs> Chef Jeff screams as the spear goes flying at him. Rodney, roll a body plus force roll. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, that is six dice. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. R.I.P. Chef this Jeff. not bode well for Chef Jeff. Yeah, that's a success. All right, and uh, to interrupt the success, uh, Billy goes, no, no, that's Chef Jeff! And he picks up another of the spears and throws it at the spear that Rodney had thrown. Oh, sweet mother of Moses. So where Rodney has fired this spear off with his incredible physique and power, it says it hurtles through the air towards Chef Jeff. Billy snaps into action, throwing his. So we're going to have you make another body plus a force roll to see if you can intercept. It's just three. Straight three. three. Oh, boy. That's a failure. Yeah, so I assume that now both spears thud into (laughs) Chef Jeff. Um, Yeah, yeah. Billy's spear clearly like... Hurl, hurtling towards Rodney's, and Chef Jeff is like, "No!" As the first spear just, 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 it, it harpoons him right in the soft belly through the blanket of the Oceanic A15 apron that he's wearing. The locks, the, the knife that he got from John Locke, falls helplessly to the ground at his side as he clutches it, bending over. At which point, the second spear hurled by Billy Wallace. Uh, just just smashes into his shoulder, spinning oh. him around as he falls to the ground in silence, blood beginning to wool up <laughs> underneath him. And Sullivan's like, oh, my God, what have you done? It came out of nowhere. That was another boar. Billy looks down at the ground and picks up another spear and looks at <laughs> Sullivan and raises his <laughs> And... <laughs> And throws it at Sullivan to keep the guy quiet from telling it. <laughs> Sullivan just like, Billy, what are you? No! And so uh, go ahead, roll again. Three dice uh, right, for Billy three. as he tries to harpoon three. Sullivan. There's a success in there. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, He, he got a success. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, no. Sullivan, uh, his hands straight up in the air, like in the helpless gesture of, please, no, as the spear plunges into his chest and he staggers backwards, falling over flat on his back, the spear pointing straight up into the sky, coughing. <coughs> I think uh, we see Sullivan reach up and scratch at the rash on his neck. As, as he slowly stops moving. All right. So, oh my God! What have we done, Rodney? Oh, God. Rodney! Rodney slaps Billy and says, "I got an idea. Don't worry. <laughs> what have we done? What do we do? What do we do? Do we just, eat first? Just shut your mouth. <laughs> eat grab the boar. Let me do the talking. Okay. Uh, and so we cut back to the beach. But first, but first, uh, uh, just to make sure that they're both dead, uh, Billy is checking pulses, obviously. Chef Jeff, massively dead. Uh, Sullivan uh, takes a, a couple of gasping breaths before, before he's gone, and he whispers something into Billy's ear that sends a shiver down his spine. Uh, Billy is going to keep quiet on that for the time being. Ooh. But, so going back to the beach, there are a few people milling about. Uh, Rodney decides to tear a bit at his and Billy's clothing and comes stumbling out of the jungle and goes, Others! Others! Guys, guys, 
guys, you, you need to go in. I, don't go in the jungle. The 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 rash guy and and then and, and the the chef guy, the one with the the apron, they're dead. They're dead. They're dead. They're totally dead. Some something happened. So, somebody killed them. There, there's a bunch of sharp sticks sticking out of them. There, there, there's someone out there, guys. Yeah, we're not the only people on this island, and now we know it. Oh my heavens, we hear uh, Sarah Stripes as she comes like racing up across the beach to the seemingly injured Rodney. Rodney, are you alright? I don't believe it. Others, others, we're not alone! And I think, it's okay. uh... It's okay, we, we, we barely escaped with our lives, but we know we had to run back and tell everybody. It's, it's foolish to go out there anymore into the jungle. There, there are people out there. We couldn't get a good look at them. We just saw the, the blood exploding from poor Chef Jerome's chest. Poor Solomon fallen before us before he even found a cure for his rash. I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's, I don't believe it. And I think um, it's at this moment that we see like Arst walking up, kind of adjusting his ascot like, Oh, did you guys get a boar? And then the, the scene cuts to black <laughs> and we see the subtitle underneath. Um, day 14. Okay. Day right. 14. 14. Wow. So uh, uh, two days later, you guys, you guys have woken up. The story seems to have been bought pretty well. Uh, Sullivan and Chef Jeff were both buried. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if you guys had any part in that, but you guys have woken up this morning and um, you've gotten word that there's a golf course. Yeah, well, we got word because uh, the last thing that Sullivan had whispered to to Billy was, but I was going to surprise you we have golf <laughs> and uh billy did not understand what that meant but as they were feasting on boar on the the dreadful evening of day 12 uh after a long day of burying sullivan and chef jeff uh others who had not been at the camp at the time came back and reported yeah, there's a golf course now. Uh, there's lots of golf going on. You guys should have been there. So Billy and Rodney now are not only traumatized with what they've done, uh, killing a human being, killing two, two humans, human <laughs> two human beings, <laughs> killing two humans after killing a, a boar with uh, scimitar-like tusks, uh, and really uh, Billy having killed all three of these creatures. <laughs> uh, their, you know, the the guilt that they had been consumed by for much of day twelve quickly gave way to seething resentment that people were golfing without them. <laughs> um. So will you two begin? Ronnie, I can't believe that we no one's invited us to go to golf yet. I I, I speared the boar very impressively. People seem to not be overly concerned with there possibly being others in the jungle uh, because they, I guess they didn't really like the rash guy anyway. And uh, Chef Jeff didn't have many friends, so no one seems to be too upset about it. But how is no one uh, telling us like to go play golf with them? I say this is a bunch of malarkey. I think we uh, should go and play ourselves. Easy thing, Billy boy. Now, look, there's a difference between being well-liked and being invited onto things. And look, we can become Mr. Popular all you want, 
but you got to prove that you are useful. I mean, the fat guy. I killed the boar. The fat guy hasn't done anything. Shot. But he builds a golf course, and suddenly he's the most celebrated person on the island. Mm. He's the new man in charge, almost. I think we go there, show how good we are, maybe schmooze a little people into giving our business cards, if you know what I mean. And I think we're going to rise up the ranks, buddy. Let's storm that course. All right. Well, uh, before we go, I hate to ask again. I just, I, it's this back molar, man. I've got more pork stuck in my teeth. Just, <laughs> if you could just get that for me. I'd love your help on this one. I wish we had like floss or something to help you with yeah. this. And uh, yeah, you guys only knew a dentist. The yeah. nails growing even longer on, uh, on Rodney Sesto. He decides to reach back and pull a little piece of pork, two day old pork out of Billy's teeth. Um, sure. Why don't we have you make another roll? Body plus survival. Oh boy! All right. Oh no, this is the seven. This is the, yeah. the lucky number seven. You're right? in good shape. He's got it. Oh uh, yeah, one success. Oh wow, Next. only the one. Oh, barely got it. It's almost the point where like uh, Billy could still taste like just the tiniest fleck still of pork in his mouth, but he's not going to complain right now. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, uh, golf time. Listen, as long as you're not going to have them pull the pork out of your teeth, I think we'll be okay. Golf trip. Okay. So I think uh, you guys begin to make your way up into the jungle. You ask around a bit, and uh, surely uh, somebody can tell you how to get to this this golf course, as it were. And so the pair of you hike through the jungle. um, A really, really epic montage of us just like dummy marching through the jungle yeah, walking over the, the rocks by the beach somehow they got there uh yeah. walking past some like suspect trees they thought they hear whispers but it's being overpowered by hollywood and vines at the time mm-hmm. man that music's really loud and so you guys break out of the tree line finally as our montage comes to a close and arrayed before you is this beautiful, majestic hillside, gorgeous, the sky crisp, white fluffy clouds, the breeze is perfect. And, um, and sure enough, you see, uh, a couple of people standing with golf clubs, driving balls towards, uh, the one flagged hole that you could see from the position you're at. And as you kind of close in, towards this group this very very attractive woman who looks to be in her early 50s um her hair is brown and and thick it's hanging like heavy around her though it's tangled and matted after the days out here in the weather um she's walking past the pair of you and she's just like um good afternoon boys would you please do me a favor and Tell my damned husband to get back to the beach as soon as he's done fooling around up here. We've got more important matters to attend to than hitting golf balls at some hole in the middle of a hill. But to watch him, you wouldn't believe it. Okie dokie, which one is your husband? That man right there. And she points at uh, at this figure. He he seems to be like an Asian man. He's got kind of kind of black hair, um, short around the top of his head, and he's small of stature and a small frame. He's wearing like khakis, khaki pants, khaki shirt tucked into it with a belt. And she says, "Um, I'm Mary Beth. That's my husband, Richard." Nice to meet you, Mary Kate. Uh, I'm Rodney. <laughs> this Mary is- Beth, sir. I am so sorry. I- 
misheard. I have a bit of a cold. Uh, this is Billy. Thought we'd hit a few links, but uh, it appears that you and your husband's relationship has hit a sand trap. If you get the cut of my jib. Oh, very funny, very funny. Of course you've come to hit a few holes. Nobody here has any sense. No, you you fools are up here playing golf. We're trapped. There's killer boars and terrible creatures all about us. I And as she's droning on, as she's droning on and on, Billy, who's been silent this whole time, just hears the music playing in his in his mind. Uh, you're my brown-haired girl as he's uh, falling in love, love at first sight as he's la- laid eyes on on Mary Beth, or should I say I on Mary Beth, uh, and Billy sputters forth, oh, I could walk you back to the beach. She, like, turns as though she's, like, kind of taking you in for the first time. And Ronnie uh, does Billy. the same thing, like, where the hell did this come from? And, yeah, and, yeah, it's no problem. Uh, Roddy and I know exactly how to get there. We did. We walk through the jungle every, every single day. Golf's overrated. No one likes golf. Uh, Mary Beth, uh, and I remembered your name. First shot. First shot. You'll notice. Indeed, uh, you did. And for that, I am quite thankful. Do I? Do I know you? Oh, well, I mean, of course, I saw you on the plane. I'm sure, but you, you seem familiar to me. Let me ask you a question, Mary Beth. You ever? Uh, you ever hear a film called? Fourth Force. I know. I know. I don't believe. I is know. That you? It's me. It's me. It's me. It's Billy. Billy My Wallace. Word, that's Billy right. Wallace. That's right. I loved you when you were younger. Uh, you were so cute when you had. She kind of stops herself as she realizes. <laughs> and Billy's like. heart drops because he's used to this. Uh, he's he, he's heard this before, uh, and he thought that he had finally found the one. And Billy, his stiff upper lip, shakes his head and says, walk yourself back to the beach. And then he goes and joins the golf crew. Okay. As you are uh, turning, coming over towards the golf crew, um, you, you recognize uh, Paolo is here, as well as uh, this Asian fellow, Richard, the husband of Mary Beth, as it were. And um, as you guys are walking up, I think we see Richard like, um, ugh. And he kind of like kicks some dirt and spits in the ground and he turns handing the golf club, the driver over to Paolo, like, you got me again. And he turns looking at the two of you like, um, oh, hello, gentlemen. Was my wife bothering you? Yeah, actually, uh, Richard, she was. Uh, she was bothering me for a walk back to <sighs> camp. What do you think about that? Was she talking to you about the dolls? Always with the dolls, the dolls, the dolls. Enough! The dolls are lost. Okay, well, let's let's take it down uh, a couple I'm sorry. of a couple, couple of steps here, Rich. Uh, first of all, Rodney, Billy, nice to meet you. Wish you yes. could be under uh, less anger-inducing circumstances. Uh, how, what's your par? How you doing today? Oh, this Spaniard has the game on me every time. It is a pleasure to meet you, of course. My name is Richard. I am an importer-exporter. I was before we were trapped on this damned island. (sighs) What was your uh, speciality? Fireworks. That Iraqi, he found my provisions and he will not return any of them to me. If you find any during your travels on the island, return them to me. I'm sure that they will be of great value when we are rescued. Well, you know what? I actually think... Now, Billy, remember when we were in the jungle and 
you know, I, I could have sworn I pointed at something and I said, you know, that just looks like a cherry bomb. I remember kicking those off my porch back in Tuskegee. Yeah, I, I, I remember that because I remembered it was weird that you said Tuskegee. And I thought, you know, I, I, I could have, but that can't be it. Uh, so, I mean, we saw some down the path down there. Is Not, that so? I, oh, my word. I, if you want to feel... check it out yourself, I don't know if this Iraqi's uh, absconding with your your inventory. You may want to check it out sooner rather than later. He found a box of my rockets, and I am sure that they would be of great use to us here, but he is not very likely to part with them. I will go. I cannot get nearly one single hole all day, but yes, yes, I'm sorry again about my wife. He turns looking at you, Billy. Um, she can be quite persistent, single-minded. Yeah, well... Simple-minded is more like it. <gasps> Were I a better man, I would take offense. Lucky for us both, I am not. <laughs> oh. Ah! <laughs> and, Bill, and Billy looks at uh, Rod and goes, I may have misjudged this guy. Uh, he's kind of funny. Got some wit. A dry wit. I like the well, accent. I suppose I will have to go after her before she bothers everybody else. Where did you say you saw those fireworks? Uh, what you want to do is you'll look for that little patch of canopy that kind of looks like uh, the face of the Cave of Wonders from Aladdin, if you blur your eyes a little bit. Within that nest of trees, you'll see a couple of cherry bombs. But hey, Oh, yes, of course. You, di- you didn't hear it from me as he winks towards Richard. Of course, yes, the Aladdin Cave. All right, well, uh, good luck, boys. I, uh, I hope. Paolo lets you uh, knock some balls around. And he, like, turns and, like, begins kind of making his way after Mary Beth, just muttering to himself as he goes, oh, and, and the Rodney, dolls, the dolls. Rodney whispers to Billy, and that's how you cut in line, sir. Yeah, man, you're very good at this. Social engineering. I gotta, I gotta learn a thing or two. It's like you played Survivor or something like that. Uh, and then, so, you know, as Paolo, I guess, is lining up, Rodney will approach him. What's up, poo-poo? <laughs> How are you, Rodney? I'm good. Thanks for accepting that nickname, man, by the way. I just think it's it's freaking hilarious. I don't accept it at all, but I'm not going to argue with you. You keep bringing us boar. Listen, uh, yeah, we'll bring, we'll keep bringing the boar. We can keep calling you poo-poo. Fair deal, huh? Uh, have you? Uh, we, we figured we'd try out the links. What's your par? I don't know. That German fellow is terrible. I haven't really been counting. Uh, I'll let you guys take the club if you don't make me collect all the balls. Oh, so, uh, oh man, I wish we'd brought a ball man with us. That was a, that was an oversight. Hey, you know what? It's great. We'll we'll collect all the balls. Don't you worry. You just mosey your way on back to camp. Do me a favor and bring the club back, though. Hurley will be very frustrated. Of course, we don't want to frustrate Hurley. No, certainly not. We would hate to misplace one of these uh, clubs on purpose to d- frustrate Hurley, who's too popular. <laughs> um, and so I think, uh, yeah, Paolo hands the the driver over to uh, to one of you guys. I'll just, uh, take that. Yeah, of course. He, he hands it to you. Like, um, I I better get going then. Huh. Have fun. They're all uh, over that way. He had a terrible left slice. All right. Well, uh, toodaloo, poo-poo. 
And so, yeah, he, he's kind of slowly beginning to make his way back after Richard. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that the pair of you, you take some time, you're able to gather up a whole bunch of the golf balls. Right. There's still okay. a small pile of them up here, uh, near the kind of the, the, the tee. Um, it's going to be so, fun. We need to relieve some stress. It's been a, a, a tough, tough few, uh, couple of weeks here we've had here, Rodney. Uh, we haven't even really like, shot the shit about our ghost friend maybe like we haven't even like talked about the fact that like one of our friends was a ghost maybe because we haven't seen him in days after like we found out that he was dead i mean uh, to be honest i would like some follow-up with him the fact that he has not come back is not only insulting it's mystifying it's mystifying it's very confusing but it's almost like we've just kind of like compartmentalized that the same way that we've compartmentalized the fact that we're now officially murderers uh who have who have uh covered uh our our own crimes it's almost as if we're definitely bad people well listen billy the experience that i just came from it's kill or be killed no you're right and look we we who knows how long we're gonna be on this island but if my survivalist experience has taught me anything is that i am very good at surviving with other people around you know people might be hurling rocks your way but you dart out of there like you're a gosh darn cheetah and we're the cheetahs here, baby. We are the jungle cats. And we're going to survive no matter what. Now watch me sink this drive. Yeah, as long as you don't uh, cheetah at golf, if, I'm, if you get what I mean, uh, Rodney. Just, just, play, just don't cheat. Don't you dare cheat me. And Rodney's going to take a big old uh, Kate Austin slash Happy Gilmore-esque swing at the ball. Excellent. Why don't we have you make, uh, geez, golf attacks, uh, 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 body plus force roll. Body plus force. Okay. Six dice. One success. One success. So you catch a chop into this ball. There are no T's, uh, as we know, this is this is an unshorn green, and uh, yeah, but but still, it's a it's a solid connection. The ball sailing through the air, landing um, not incredibly far away from the flag, as it were, uh, further down the hill. There's uh, Rodney's opening stroke, Billy. Will you follow up? Yeah, of course. So uh, uh, I take the the club from Rodney, who is uh, like a good friend. Uh, he's he's not like talking too much smack about how awesome his shot was. Uh, he hands me the the golf. Are you book. going to try to cheat, Billy? Is yeah. it so top of mind? Obviously, it's the entire reason why I brought it up. Because like now that I've been like I've established my very firm anti cheating stance, mm. you're not going to suspect me of cheating whatsoever. And Billy is nice. very determined to be the alpha of the pair. What is uh, what's your technique, Billy? What are you going to do? Uh, well, what I'm going to do is I am going to tell Rodney that, uh, there is, uh, something like, did you hear that noise from behind us? And while Rodney looks, I'm going to take a swing at the ground and say, oh my God, did you see where my ball landed? Rodney's like, no. I'm like, yeah, I hit the flag. I'm right there. And so like, I'll have like the ball still in my pocket and like, I'll just run out ahead of him and drop the ball in front of him. Excellent. Why don't we have you make a uh, mind plus sneak roll? Okay, so my mind is a four and my sneak is a two. So this should work. It is. Nice. All right. Let's see. Against Rackham's one success. Zero successes. (gasps) Are you cheating now, Mike? No, no, I I am legitimately not. (laughs) The dice don't lie. So Uh Billy, like, obviously, like, he thought about that whole plan. He's like, ah, it's convoluted. 
uh, I don't think that that's really going to work. Uh, and if if he catches me cheating, uh, it's it's going to be a disaster. So let's just uh, let's maybe not work on that on that uh, any anymore. Maybe I should just play. Sure, so you're like trying to distract him, but yeah. um, he, he's watching very closely. Yeah, he's, just, he's, he's not <laughs> buying it. He's just yeah. not buying it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not buying it whatsoever. So I guess I like ah, fine. Oh, man. Which brings us back to a straight shot. So, uh, so Billy Wallace will roll his three body dice, but, but that is all he has now. Now because he. He was a he's a javelin artist. He's an Olympic artist. He was, but but he he never he never was good at sports beyond that. And with the one eye and golf being a game about accuracy, uh, Billy's concerned that he's not going to be accurate enough. And man, he knows what it's like to not be accurate enough. And he has a flashback. <gasps> Cut to just a couple of weeks before. Everybody crashed on the island. Billy's in New Zealand. Uh, he's he's dressed to the nines uh, in in fantasy garb. Uh, his hair, uh, a big curly mat of hair, uh, a wig that he is wearing, uh, and he is sitting in a chair reading a script. The script is called "The Lord of the Rings." The Fellowship of the Ring. And Billy is sitting next to one Elijah Wood, his co-star in the film. And Elijah is not reading the script. And Billy says, Why aren't you why aren't you reading? Don't you don't you need to study up on your lines? And I think uh, Elijah like glances over and, and he smiles this cherubic smile back at Billy and he's like, oh, well, I mean, I've got them down already. You got you got them down. When did you when did you do that before you got here? Well, I mean, I, I've, I've we've been here for, for a day or so. I mean, do, you, do you want do you want to read? No, 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 that's OK, because I, I, I memorized them, too. I memorized them, too. And no, no, and, really. And Billy rips up. Yeah, it's funny, though. I was just joking. It was really good. Yeah, I don't even need this. And Billy rips up the script. Uh, he rips up the script into lots of little pieces. He oh, throws, it, throws <laughs> it up in the air like confetti. He's like, oh, it's like that scene where Gandalf's going to do the fireworks and stuff. I read that part. Read that part. I know that's going to happen. Uh, let's go. Let's go film. Let's just film. Let's, let's just film the role. Let's just film the scene. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Peter Jackson, the director, is walking over and saying, Did you just rip up my script? Oh, no. And uh, Billy's like, Yeah, yeah, I don't need it. Uh, I, I, I got the lines. It's, it's all good, Peter. Peter seems pretty upset that I have ripped up this piece of work. Uh, he's not thrilled with Billy Wallace whatsoever. Uh, he's got he's got a good hate into Billy Wallace. He didn't want to cast him in the part of uh, of uh, which was the Dominic Monaghan character. Uh, Mary, I believe it was Mary Brandy Buck. Mary, Bo- yeah. Mary Brooke Brandy Buck. He didn't. He he had his eye on a different actor, but uh, they they took pity on the one eyed Billy Wallace, washed up child star, and said, "All right, well, we've got a couple of child stars in here anyway. What's one more?" Uh, and they they gave him a shot, but right now Peter Jackson is at wit's end with Billy, and, and it, it's not going to go well for the rest of the day. 
we, we see Peter just kind of like run his fingers through his hair and, uh, his, his barefoot and his shorts with his puffy coat as he kind of turns walking back over to his wife and screenwriting partner, uh, Fran Walsh over there. And he kind of just mutters to her like, we're going to have to send Wallace home with Stuart Townsend. This is, this is not going to work. I don't know. And, and Billy's like, no, I remember the lines. I remember everything. See, I, I'll do the scene right now. It's just, we, we don't even have to roll the cameras. We could just start. And, uh, Billy is, uh, clearly gonna just, uh, farts his way through, uh, and improvise a, a full scene that definitely doesn't exist between Mary <laughs> and Frodo in the source material. And Elijah Wood is going to look aghast at what Billy Wallace is trying to do, uh, as he's watching this poor young man's career explode right in front of him. Mm, Elijah really is the good son in this yes, scenario. Yes, he's just trying to be a good guy here, uh, and Billy is just uh, burying himself alive, much like will happen to uh, Poo Poo uh, a couple of seasons from now on Lost. Um, and and so, yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, Peter Jackson, like, head-shaking at the end of, of this bastardization of all the work and the effort that he's put into the script. And Elijah seems very compassionate as he's looking at you, but um, Peter is clearly unseated and disgruntled as, as the, the scene kind of ends and we cut back, right? And back on the Island, Billy is remembering that the key to his loss of the role that would have brought him back into the public limelight as Mary, Br- Mary, 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 Doc Brandy, Buck. Mary, Doc Mary. Brandy, Mary Buck. is fun. Mary, Mary Doc, get the role. Mary, Mary, Doc Brandy, Buck, uh, would have brought him, would have catapulted him. It would have trebucheted him back into stardom. Uh, and because of a lack of accuracy, he, he got fired, uh, and caused a huge scene that I'm sure we'll get into at another time, uh, on his way out the door. Maybe some stolen goods. Maybe something that would have been really wonderful to find inside his bag when he crashed on the island. But he remembers all about the accuracy and channels all of the, the rage at his own inaccuracy into this one single stroke of the golf club. And so, having called on your flashback and one of your secrets, you do focus much more than you did that day when you realized that Elijah Wood had read all the lines already. <laughs> and so the ball sails through the air, landing softly, not very far at all from that of Rodney Sisto. Wow. And so the, the pair of you with, with the lone driver walk down towards the hole, now getting ready to have to um, putt your way to the wind in the unshorn turf that is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the golf course here on the island. Um, so being uh, slightly closer, I believe that golf decorum mandates that the further shot goes first. Is that correct? Does anyone know? Yeah, no idea. Really. I'm just uh, yeah, asking as, Mike. As someone who knows how to <laughs> shoot some winners, I think uh, I could say that the one who's further away from the hole goes first in this instance. At least Rodney can convince Billy that that's what happens. I'm glad that we have a golf pro here with us today. And so Billy. Tiger Bloom. Having uh, the further of the two balls, you, you may attempt your putt. Any okay. hijinks going on, or are you just going to go straight for it? Uh, I can't. I, I I think that like I'm I'm believing in myself right now. Okay. Like okay. maybe maybe this is going to happen for me. Maybe okay. this is like maybe the the point is I I have to play the part. 
I'm always playing a part, right? So I have to become a pro golfer in this moment. Ice cold, cool nerves, the three C's. Okay. Your instinct is that you are always playing a part. And so calling on it, you give yourself one automatic success. But you can go ahead and roll your body anyway. Let's roll the three dice to see how how close or how, how well you're able to sync those. That is one success. One success plus one automatic success for calling on his instinct of always playing a part. That gives Billy two successes. <clears throat> he sinks the putt. Uh, it's rough. It rumbles. It twists. It looks like it's not going to make it at the last second, but then it bumps and, and, and almost even the breeze blows and it eases its way wow. into the hole. And we see Billy smiling at Rodney as he hands the club over. You're up. Rodney's going to drive the ball far, far into the jungle and say, never cared much for golf anyway. Sort of shoots him a little wink to be like, good job, buddy. Wow. And Billy knows he is a true friend because had the tables been turned, Billy would have been furious, furious that Rodney had beaten him to the punch. Furious. And so I think that the scene fades out again as we see these two friends having truly just cemented yeah. what this relationship is. And of course, before the, the scene ends, uh, Billy, with a, with a really warm smile on his face, holds his fist up horizontally at his friend Rodney. <laughs> Rodney throws the golf... Actually, no, Rodney takes the golf club, puts it on Billy's fist, and yanks it up and down like a uh, like a like a like the lever to a to a slot machine and billy goes ching 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 and they both go jackpot and then uh not thinking rodney throws the golf club in the air with the with the rest of the invisible coins and then very quickly like puts his hand over his head and runs for cover Right, and and I guess as we see uh, the pair of them covering their head from falling golf clubs darting out of the way, uh, the scene fades out, and and we go to a black screen again where we see the subtitle one more time. Day 16. So we, we fade back in, and we find Billy and Rodney, and standing with them is uh, Hugo Hurley Reyes. Um, of course, on day 15, Claire woke up with terrible nightmares. The story's gotten around. She says somebody tried to kidnap her, but nobody really believes that. Nonetheless, Hurley stands with the pair of you with a pad of paper in front of him and a pen that he probably got from Boone. And so he's like, uh, yeah, so hey guys, I, I'm just, I'm doing a little census, just trying to, to get everybody's names and occupations, where you're from, that kind of stuff. Uh, and Billy is kind of just like idly minding him like he is still pretty psyched about himself as a golf pro. Indeed, he's taken one of the golf balls and plugged it into his own face uh, with a with a black Sharpie. They've drawn a little eyeball uh, onto the onto the golf onto the golf ball. <laughs> God. Uh, so he's just like hanging out uh, really happy with himself. Excellent. And he looks at Hugo's like, come on, you don't know who I am. You don't know who I am, Hugo. And so he, like, stares at you like, should I? <gasps> think you, think you probably should. Wait. The fourth force. Fourth force. Fourth the force. Fourth force. Yeah, man. 
Oh, yeah, dude. man, I love that yeah, movie. I knew me you and did. my buddy Johnny used to watch it all the time. Yeah, man. Uh, you want me to sign anything for you in case you get off of here? And you I, mean, a- I mean, I <laughs> mean, yeah. 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 All right, give me the census. I'll sign that. You, yeah, you great can bring idea. That here. Great idea. All right, idea. so that's me right there. So okay, this is right? Billy Wallace, that's super Billy famous Wallace. actor. Yeah, so there here we I'll, go. There we let, go. Let me and and Billy's just like looking at Rodney, like nodding, nodding. He's like kind of trying to like wink with his golf ball eye, but <laughs> oh it's not really God. working. Uh, and he's uh, initialing uh, his his place on the on the census. He's like, "This is me, uh, Billy Wallace, fourth force." He's listing out a bunch of other credits. Uh, uh, that I'm to uh, the 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 Olympic artist is on there, and uh, he he puts uh, L O T R with an asterisk on there, uh, and, and so Hurley's like, uh, oh, I I didn't see that one. I'm gonna have to check that out when we get home. Oh, I, sure, yeah, that- yeah, yeah, it's gonna be really popular. It's, uh, it's well, anyway, anyway, don't put your whole filmography on here. We we only got so much paper. Oh, you thank know. God. And and he kind of turns like, uh, man, cool friend. So so who are you? He's asking you, Rodney. Uh, yeah, Rodney Sisto. You know, just uh, just a small town guy from Cedar Rapids. Uh, you know, just happened to catch himself on a crazy plane. Uh, yeah, where do you want me to sign? Um. Yeah. I mean, sure. Here. And what did you do? What were you doing in Australia? Uh, you know, I was just just hanging with some friends. Uh, I happened to have a friend who was going abroad in the Peace Corps and decided to uh. Decided to help out. You know, it's a charitable thing to do. There's only so much good we can put out in the the world every day, Burley. And I just want to be able to do that on this island as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can call me Hugo if you want. It's actually, it's Hurley. That's my nickname. But um, yeah, okay. Okay, great. Great. Cool. And do you know if nicknames are on here? Because I just want to tell you, I don't know if you've, uh, re- have you ran into that guy Paolo yet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paolo and uh, Nikki. Yeah. Yeah. So just so you know, he really likes to go by poo poo. So if you really want to spread the word that that's what he yeah, just like really called. spread it. And We're he's his- like, he's like chuckling, looking at the pair of you as I think you guys hear the voice as, um, you know, the tall blonde fellow walks past you from behind. Like, well, if you're putting nicknames down, right, Beachbody for that one right there, gesturing over at Rodney. Oh, we should put big mouth for you, huh, fella? Yeah. <laughs> sure. And he he kind of just uh, stalking away from a lot of you. And Hurley is like nodding appreciatively now, clearly with much more information than he needs from the pair of you. Like, um, all right. Well, well, listen, thanks, you guys. Thanks. This is this is really good. I'm going to go. I obviously there's a lot of people here. I need to go talk to everybody else. Um, But but thanks. It's really it's good to meet you, Billy. I, I, it's great. We're going to I'm going to want to hear about that L.O.T.R. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't, yeah. It's, uh, it's pronounced Lotter. 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 Okay. It's about a guy who uh, wins uh, 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 a large sum of money uh, by playing the lottery, uh, and uh, mysterious hijinks ensue. It doesn't go so well. Sounds great. We, we should chat. You should come up to the caves, hang out. My buddy Charlie plays guitar. It's, it's not bad up there at night. I'll see you guys around. And uh, he turns, and he's going to kind of head for another group of people, his census in tow. And um, I think that, yeah, Sarah Stripes is, like, approaching the pair. you like... Hey, how you guys doing? Rodney's still been staring off at the the blonde haired big mouth fella the entire time, so he's sort of like his mind's sort of in another place as she approaches. She's like, uh, "Hey, hey, Rodney, we found some more Twinkies. I thought, you know, I know how you love that sugar. That's good energy, like you were telling us early. So, I wanted to see maybe y'all want to come have some lunch." 
Billy notices that Rodney is still not uh, uh, being stirred by the allure of Twinkies. So uh, he tells Sarah, give me a second with, with, with our boy. Oh, Rodney. sure. Well, I'll be, uh, we'll be back by the camp when you guys are ready. Billy I'll goes, save one for you. Billy goes up to Rodney. What's up, bud? You all right? You look, you look uh, distracted. She said Twinkies. You don't want Twinkies? I can't help but have the feeling I've seen that guy from somewhere. Hmm. And we flash back <gasps> to uh, like a seedy sort of uh, restaurant in the in the valley as Rodney is a younger Rodney Sesto is like fresh off the street, ready to make his mark in the industry, is sitting down with uh, with two men who are dressed up in suits. One of them looks a lot like a man who could play a robot in some sort of uh, sci-fi <laughs> f- franchise, and the other one <laughs> happens to be the very blonde-haired guy who uh, who Rodney has been sort of glowering at the entire time. All right, so what five-picture deal for me? This I, I gotta be honest with you guys. I don't know if I can believe this. Well, I don't know what's not to believe. You're clearly a man of talent. And, well, we just want to get on your team before your team uh, hits a grand slam. Look, I, 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 I am so happy that you found me. I mean, I was just a, a busser at this restaurant. You guys decided to pull me aside for this meeting. And I'll be honest, you know, I've, I've only been here a few weeks, so I'm not entirely sure, uh, you know, how the, this whole thing works. I have to fly all the way out to Tampa for this type of thing? That seems a little weird. Don't don't you guys usually film stuff here? And uh, I think that the the other fellow, the robotic-looking guy, is just kind of like, oh, of course, of course, but but we've got a great crew out there that specialize in working with newcomers, breaking into the industry. We've got some PR people out there that they're going to do a great job with you. We're going to, we're going to talk with you a little bit, put your whole, you know, your character concept together, your brand. Who are you? What are you about? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Is it, is it, you know, uh, and, and he starts making some like strange gestures with his hand, you know, and and, and he's kind of like, uh, and and the the blonde fella cuts in at this point, like, listen, pal, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. We're going to walk out the door here. And if you don't want into it, then certainly you don't have to come with us. But I don't know when the last time anybody came and knocking at your door while you were busboying over here. No, 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 no. no. Look, I, I don't want to get the wrong impression. You know, I, I just want to I, I, I don't know. I just want to know who I'm getting in bed with. I mean. It's a little bit of a weird analogy. I will admit I am a virgin, so I don't necessarily uh, do that type of stuff. What's the work again? Is it like uh, superhero stuff or comedy or drama? Like, what am I preparing myself for? We're definitely going to put you in spandex, says uh, the robotic guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I need to hear. And he just extends his hand and says, you got you got Rodney Sesto on board. That's for sure. And and I think that the blonde fellow's like, I look forward to seeing you in Tampa, pal. I'll be there waiting when you get off the plane. And uh And then we cut back to uh Ronnie sort of like shaking his head and focusing back on Billy. Uh well what what were you saying? Yeah, you just seem distracted, man. Like you seem like you're like in another world or at least like uh very, very deeply entrenched in a a moment from your previous life, almost as if you've just experienced a flashback. 
No, no, no. Well, that'd be ridiculous. Why would we do that? We got to live in the moment, man. Uh, you know what? I'm feeling a little lightheaded. Maybe some Trinkies, Sarah, would be would be good, huh? What do you say, buddy? Let's, yeah, uh, let's take a get load the sugar off. up. Get the sugar up. Cool. And so I think we watch the pair of you walk back over to the camp, and, and Sarah offers up like a package of kind of battered Twinkies that have some sand on the exterior, and you guys tear it open. I'm sure each one of you uh, uh, taking one of these uh, delectable glorable, 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 just uh, just going all the way. And I think as you guys are sitting there eating for a while, you're drinking, and then. Um, out of the jungle, as as is want, some man comes running. It's Michael, and he comes running out like, "Hey, man, man, I need some help. Hey, you guys, you two, you guys were you guys were real good help with that cave in with Jack. We need, I need some help. I need some help. You want to come? You get you, you guys ready? And never before has Billy regretted his participation in helping with the cave in more than he has now. Because he, Billy, like you forgot, uh, had a really impressive. Uh, uh, body plus uh something role uh that was uh, it's just like a a, a real yeah, body it all, plus it was force. all sixes all successes yep. yeah sixes oh, yeah. all the way and so he's like ah well th- he did remember that it felt pretty good when everyone was like oh my god billy is really impressive with the way that you're moving the rocks it's like okay what do you need what do you need man and he so kind of likes michael too. Like, he thinks michael's sort of cool michael's like it's claire she's gone somebody took her it wasn't a rumor. There's others. There's others out here in this island. You guys knew, though. I heard that, right? That's what we've been That's right. saying. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. That's why and- I came to you two. I, uh, John Locke went out after them, looking for them, but but he doesn't want my help, so I'm taking another team. We're going south. Do you want to come with me? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know how to of go down course. south. Yeah, he does. And Billy looks at Ryan. He's like, oh, God, what if they find out what we've done? They're is this is that- this a tr- is this a trap? Is this real? Or do they know? Listen, are, we ba- are they marching us to our death? Listen, Reassure if, me, Rodney. If this is a trick, we outnumber them two to one. And we know how good we are with freaking sharp sticks. We've got this, okay? You just remain calm. Keep your oh. eye focused on him. Oh. We're going to be okay. Anxiety dude. breathing. Anxiety breathing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, we're totally down. All right. All right. Uh, get, get together, whatever you're going to need. I don't know if you guys, uh, if you have any weapons, you have any kind of knives or spears or anything like that, just grab that up and, uh, I'll be right back. I'll meet you right here and we're going to head south. All right. Uh, and I think he kind of looks up at the sky for a minute and he's like, looks left and kind of looks right. And then he looks back at you like, you guys know which way south is from here? Mm, absolutely. Man, I knew I wouldn't regret coming uh, to get you. All right, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And uh, and he, he looks around. Like you don't know, you know which way south is. No, I absolutely do. Moss grows on the north side of the tree, so you just walk the opposite way. Oh, okay. No, that seems good. <laughs> so, uh, Rondi does go into his bag. He didn't really tell anybody that the very first day he witnessed a solitary boomerang wash up on the shore. Of course, and he did. deciding to pocket it. He has uh, not necessarily had the wherewithal to fashion it into uh, a field hockey-esque spear, but he sort of tries to put it into his pocket as if it's some sort of, like, switchblade. Uh, he's having a bit of difficulty, so he ends up just snapping it in half and putting one in each pocket of his n- jungle pants. Okay, got it. Uh, and I, and so I guess uh, after a moment, Michael comes heading back to the pair of you, and um, he's like, all right. He's like, nobody else wants to help. They're all, well, I should have known. Anyway, the three of us, this should be fine. We're a good group, right? Let's go. 
Let's go. All right, the three amigos. And so uh, the three of you, Billy Rodney, along with Michael, you head back into the jungle and we see you kind of stalking over fallen trees and through the ferns. You guys are climbing up hills and downhills. You're, you're pulling yourself up roots and vines and all manner of obstacles as you guys are heading this way. Um, and it becomes pretty clear to both of you that like, man, Michael has no clue what the hell he's doing out here. <laughs> he's trying. It's sheer force of will. You both can recognize it in him, but he doesn't. You know, you're you're meandering off this way and that way. He can't really find anything. He's like, well, what do you guys think? You see, you see anything? Either of you? Man, I don't see anything. But I mean, I guess I could take a closer look. I, I my, I guess I, I mean, ought to be better than. And Rodney's observation skills, right? Billy, uh, you've proven to be pretty keen-minded and perceptive in your time since you've been here. So why don't we have you roll uh, mind plus investigate? Yeah, and that's a four plus a two. Indeed it we is. Six, six dice. Six dice here. Those are all failures, gentlemen. Those Woo! are all failures. Wow. But, Billy, you feel damn confident. You have definitely got south. You're like, you know what? This is. I think this is the way to go right yeah. here. Got it. This is the way. Just down that path. That's okay, the spot. Excellent. And so, Billy at the lead now. Michael is kind of trailing along with you. Like, oh, man, I'm glad I brought you guys. And um, as you guys are heading down, you, you come into this big, wide copse in the kind of undergrowth um disperses a little bit as we're shifting into this section of these huge banyan trees all over the place. Their roots kind of exposed and woven into one another, creating these sort of natural cages all over the place left and right. And as Billy's sort of taking you in between these trees, weaving through these places, um, you guys hear a sound from behind you like and and you and Billy looks at Rodney's like, is that Dr. Farts? Rodney will slowly turn around and like it's like he gestures he puts like a hand in front of Michael's chest to make him stop puts a hand in front of Billy's shoulder to make him stop and like slowly turns around to whatever's behind them it's a polar bear ah! standing on two legs like before it drops down and very awkwardly as though it's been animated terribly starts like uh, charging the pair of you guys so Rodney, in all his survivalist wisdom, throws a Twinkie at the bear. <laughs> he feels that it's the closest thing to a Coca-Cola and feels like the bear would like some form of sugar. Okay, I'm going to have Rodney make a uh, heart plus uh, charm roll with an extra die because you're using a Twinkie. Okay. <laughs> that is eight dice total. Twinkie die. Two successes. Yeah. Two successes. You heave the Twinkie and it kind of uh, sails past the bear at such a close angle that like clearly the scent of it, just the movement, the bear like tracking its head, following the Twinkie over its shoulder turns and the Twinkie kind of like sails down into one of these banyan trees between the roots, right? Where the bear turns like and like smashing into the trees over and over again, trying to like extricate the Twinkie from here. Gives you guys more than enough time. Michael's like, run! man run <laughs> it takes off like racing away from it billy do you want to do anything or should we follow 
No, it's just I don't. I want to get the hell out of here. I don't okay. like any of this. And so the pair of you take off, following Michael, as the three of you run madly through the woods, losing yourself quite thoroughly, and having to spend the great portion of the rest of the day just trying to to find your way back to camp, which eventually you do. Uh, and as the, as the three of you come at kind of staggering out of the jungle after this day traveling in circles with polar bears and Twinkies and absolutely no discovery of Claire. Um, I think as you guys kind of come out onto the beach, you, you see um, Nikki, actually. She, she's by your camp. Paolo, Forrest, Sarah Stripes, nowhere to be seen. But she kind of looks up and like, any luck? Sorry. Sorry, Nikki. We didn't, we didn't find anything. We lo- and, we, and we lost a Twinkie. And so, like, it's it's dark at this point. It's nighttime. The sun has set, and, and you guys are kind of standing her in the firelight. Michael, like, dejected at your side, like, I got to go find Walt. And, like, he turns, kind of walking away from the lot of you. And, we and uh, Ronnie whispers to to Billy, is, is Walt the Asian woman? No, no, <laughs> no. Walt's the bald guy. Oh, yeah, he kind of looks like one. Yeah. No, I don't want to use the term old man name, but it's kind of an old bad name. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they turn back to the fire. It's a chemist. And, uh, yeah, and I think we just hear Nikki like murmuring as the scene fl- fades to black again, and, and she's just like, Jack found Charlie. Somebody hung him in the woods. He's still alive, but Claire's gone. And uh, the scene fades out to black as... um. We, we see the subtitle again one more time, day 24. And we fade back into, um, the pair of you, uh, having, having woken up late, you're just kind of like stretching, getting yourselves up, taking yourselves out of the shelter. And, um, as you guys walk out of like your, your respective little tents, um, Sarah Stripes is cooking a fish on the fire. Uh, the smell of it filling your nostrils, please. And you guys turn looking way down the beach at where ours to set up his new science lodgings at your urging. And you could see Nikki is over there talking with him and, uh, Poopoo Paolo kind of hanging out at the fire near Sarah. He's just like, good morning. I wish that you wouldn't spend so much time talking to him. I don't trust him. Yeah. I don't forget trust. The guy sucks. It's just, a, it's so annoying. He's so annoying, Poo Poo. He sucks. He does suck, Billy. He sucks badly. Badly. So let's talk about spiders. I guess we kind of put that idea in his head. I mean, I was surprised it turns out there actually are spiders here, though. Um, and so, yeah, as you guys sit and Sarah kind of takes the fish off of the fire and portions it up and is, is putting it on like the various pieces of like leaves and the bits of wreckage that you all are using as like plates and eating utensils. Uh, Nikki like comes wandering back over to the camp after a time and sits herself down next to Paolo. And you could see like she's got a, a, a paper in her hand, like a bit of paper. And, um, he's like, you really think that's going to be of any help to us? And she's like, certainly someplace to start something you want to share with the class poopoo and nikki and uh she turns like looking at you guys and then glancing at him and paolo is like um our luggage i well i have a terrible addiction to nicotine and i lost my nicotine gum and we've been looking for it since we came uh ethan 
who I do trust, by the way, he like <laughs> looks at uh, Nikki. He's, he suggested that some of the luggage may have fallen inland. Uh, and Nikki is just like, I asked Arst if he knew anything about trajectories, if maybe he could draw us a map of where he thought we might find some of the lost luggage. Uh, and Billy is thinking, he's, he still has some lost luggage to recover. The odds of him finding the does. thing he wants is relatively low, but it's, it's day 24. There's no sign of rescue. Uh, his, his golf, uh, his golf glory days behind him since everybody's kind of forgotten about golf. Um, the boar that he javelined in the face is mostly a memory now. Nobody has challenged him about the murders, which has been great. Uh, but just not a lot of excitement lately. Uh, and Billy decides, you know what? Uh, I got nothing better to do. Let's, let's go. Uh, can I, can I tag along? Cause there is like one, one or two things that I would, I would love to find if I could find. Uh, and they're both kind of like, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, Nikki's like, hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'd be really helpful. Yes. Yes. Why don't we and, make this thing a barbershop quartet, shall we? He's sort of oh. like suspiciously eyeing uh, Nikki and Paolo as he stands up. Clearly, he wants to, like, make sure that Billy does not get overwhelmed. Because uh, Rodney's a numbers guy, you know? He wants to make sure that there's not a, an opportunity for them to gain a majority on him. Excellent. Yeah, and Billy loves that barbershop quartet. Bernard and Rose, I'm lost again, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, excellent. And so I think that, uh, we, we like watched a lot of you kind of finish the fish. And after a time, the four of you sort of gear up and head into the woods. And I think that the scene fades to black again right there and actually, uh, comes back. We see the subtitle again, day 29. Yeah. And we, uh, cut back and it's almost the same scene. It's the same people around the same campfire in a different configuration with different clothes. It's clearly days later. And, um, we hear Paolo kind of muttering to himself, like, you need to give up on it. We're never going to find them. We've been looking for days. And Nikki's Listen, like, poo poo. I told you if you're addicted to nicotine, my survivalist studies have said, if I just carve a blackberry out of driftwood and give it to you, that'll be able to help you pass the time. <laughs> that should work. Um, he he, like is looking at you confused, <laughs> like completely uncertain. And Nikki's like, "I'd appreciate it to be honest with you, Rodney. You've been an incredible help over the last couple of days, and not all of us lose hope so easily." Ah, uh, well, you could have just stopped it. Incredible. And he sort of gives like a little eyebrow ways to Nikki as he sort of like winces a bit flirtily. And I think Paolo is just like, oh, come on. And he gets up and like starts walking away um, from, what's wrong with, from the lot. What's wrong with Poo Poo? <sighs> he can be such a little boy sometimes, she says to your Rodney. Well, listen, we can't all. Some of us have uh, matured on this island. Some of us have become imbued with the spirit of it. Some of us have just uh, break, broken down a bit. And look, I, I wish for his health and safety. Some men just aren't cut out for the job, unfortunately. And I think it's at this point that we hear Sarah Stripes like, yeah, and some men are maybe a little too big for their britches. And she like gets up from the fire and starts wow. like walking off after Paolo, <laughs> right? And, and Billy's like slack jawed at this being like, Whoa! And I think it's at this point, Hurley comes racing down the beach, and he's like, Scott's dead, man! Scott's dead! And, and like, uh, Rodney looks at Billy and Mouse like, you didn't, like, 
you know. I was with you the whole time. This one's not on me. I didn't do it. Just making sure. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Uh, and there's like, oh, okay. Uh, all right. Steve is dead. No, Scott. Scott. I didn't even know there was a Scott. Uh, is it an ascot? It's that guy, Ethan. You guys have heard, right? He wasn't on the plane. Yeah, just like we said, there are other people. We told you this uh, days ago, half a month ago. Uh, no one listened to us back then. Now all of a sudden you're taking this very seriously. Well, I should have listened to you, obviously, says Hurley. He's like, but uh, but it's it's Ethan, man. It's Ethan. Just you guys got to be careful. He says, we're all we're all trying to go out looking for him. There's a couple of different groups. Um, Just just keep your eyes peeled. Be careful out here. All right. And Billy's kind of tempted to join, you know. He still has that lingering taste of blood in his mouth. Yeah, and and, uh, and Rodney will turn to Hurley and be like, great, just one thing, don't let Michael lead that other expedition. Dude does not know the definition of South. It's the opposite of the boss in the trees. Exactly. And I, I think uh, at this point, uh, the scene fades out to black one more time, the subtitle coming back across uh, day 33. Ethan has been found and killed. Uh, the raft burned and started again and, uh, or the, the raft is just burned. Actually, it's day 33. And so, so you guys wake up in the morning. We, we see the lot of you like standing amidst a group of gawkers as, uh, Sawyer's is dragging gin out of the woods, um, tied up. And Michael is like coming at him screaming, like, you burn the raft. You burn my raft, man. And uh, everything begins to escalate, growing much more tense. Um, Jack, like, yelling, Sawyer interceding, like, leave him alone. This isn't up to you, Jack. And it's at this point that Son screams in English. English! He did not burn the raft. Oh, my and, God. Um, <gasps> Walt's saying. <laughs> I told you, Walt's the guy who's about to come out of the jungle and give the big speech about how there's uh, other people on this island. We all know it. Right, right, right. It's a total shock. Walt's son speaks English. Um, Locke uh, makes himself known later in the day, and he's advocating for the fact that the others have burned the raft. And you guys have noticed, more importantly, that um, Nikki and Paolo seem to be avoiding you. Yeah, what did and we do? I think it's it's not long after uh, Mr. John Locke explains to all of you that um, Jin couldn't have burned the raft. It's the others. There are others out there. They've been hunting you. They killed Scott or Steve, whichever one of them they were. They kidnapped Claire, and they burned the raft. And uh, in the midst of this speech, you guys see Nikki and Paolo like kind of vanishing into the forest, clearly like looking behind them suspiciously to make sure nobody's following them. What are they doing, man? Like they, we we were in this together. It's been like ten days, and like they've like started kind of like splintering off. Like you want to follow them, see what the hell's going on here. Let's just keep rash distance, and I'm on board. Yeah, man. So they're gonna okay. they're gonna try to follow surreptitiously behind these two to whatever they're up to. Okay, excellent. I think uh, the pair of you break off after. Um... Nikki and Paolo, and and you've traveled with them in the woods searching for this luggage many times over the past few weeks. You found dolls, strangely enough, out there in the forest. No fireworks, but certainly not the luggage that yep. you've been looking for. 
And so the two of them are quite focused on each other. They're perpetually bickering. They're looking all around quite avidly. And so it's easy enough for you two to travel behind unseen and unheard. And um, after a time, they, they come up on this waterfall, this gorgeous waterfall that's uh, filling this clearing. And um, you hear them like arguing back and forth to each other a little bit. And, and finally, Paolo sort of begrudgingly like makes his way down, like leaping into the water itself. Wow. Swimming in. Look swimming. at his form, says Billy, uh, who knows a thing or two about good diving form, having, uh, you know, appeared on set for the Olympic artist. What? what? You're just sneaking away to go swimming? This is super weird. Let's keep watching. And so, uh, Paolo comes back up and you hear him just like, um, Nothing but dead bodies. And, and Nikki is like, ah, oh. like, are you sure? And he's like, absolutely. Do you think I'm blind? And, th and they argue back and forth a little bit. And Nikki sort of turns and storms off. And, um, she kind of like storms right past, is coming like right for where you guys are. Do you try to hide from her? Yeah. I don't oh, want absolutely. her to see us. Like, we don't trust her at all. It would not be good if she saw us. Um, okay, how about a body plus sneak roll? Okay, so body plus sneak for me is a three and a two, so that's five. All right, so we'll do uh, Billy first. Those are failures on Billy. Yay! Ooh! Uh, Rodney, why don't you make your roll? Okay, that's four for me total. That is a failure for Rodney as well. Okay, and that so is. as they're trying to climb uh, up a tree to to hide in their <laughs> their their spy tree house, uh, Nikki sees them instantly, obviously, and they both just freeze on the trunk like Shaggy and Scoob, who've been scared to death by some sort of not a ghost uh, during one of their hijink adventures. Oh, hi, Nikki! Yeah, we're just uh, we're up here looking for mangoes. You know, mangoes, just climbing. Mango. She's like so kind of like overwhelmed and she kind of like glowers back like um I'm I'm just still looking for my luggage, but Paolo's useless. Hey, hey, hey. Just keep your eyes peeled while you're out here, I guess. I, I need to get back. Maybe Ars can make me another map. And uh and, Ronnie uh, stares rather so, you know, very alluringly at Nikki as she walks away, uh, and then and then sort of turns back to the waterfall to see what Paolo's up to. Of course, and so um, Paolo's diving in and in and in again, and and uh, after like a moment, you see him like coming up out of the water, and he seems to be gathering up the bundle of clothes that he had by the bank. Um, are you guys approaching him or? I mean, at this point, we've been found, right? Like, sure. let's just talk. And Powell was always a little cooler than Nikki, we thought. Like, we always uh, got, got uh, clearly, Billy and Rodney are a bit of a boys' club. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. True. Um, and so, yeah, I guess you guys like come approaching the uh, the side of this pond, the yeah, waterfall is like pounding into it. It's going to be super casual. He's going to try to gather some rocks nearby and like try to skip them across the water. Um, sure. You can make a roll, or you could just yeah. tell me how that goes. No, no, okay, no. I sure. wanna, I wanna, no I wanna, let's I roll that. Okay. I want to know. <laughs> Body plus uh, force again. Okay. All right. That's six dice. That's it is. You're, you're throwing things. This is Rodney's wheelhouse. No, he failed them all. 
Um, so Rodney like just takes a rock and like he takes he, he's like shows you Billy like yeah good skipping rock right and he takes his form and just heaves it and it's like sploosh <laughs> sunk into the middle of the lagoon yep Paolo is just like um well, we didn't find what we were looking for here, but there is some luggage down in the ocean if or in this pond if you're still looking for your bags. Okay. Yeah, we still are. Uh, thanks for the hot tip. What? Why are you looking for something down there? Something heavy enough to weigh down your bag to put it at the bottom of this weird lake? Uh, uh, yes, I had um, my laptop. My laptop was in there. Your laptop was in there. With your nicotine. It was a carry-on. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I see that. Don't worry. Listen, um... There's a few bodies underwater. I should warn you. It's not a pleasant sight. Uh, well... That sounds like something we've never seen before. Uh, is a a dead dead human body uh, we've so. been actually very sheltered for the first few weeks on this yeah, island. first month here we don't know what that's like so uh thanks for thanks again for that tip as well and uh we will uh we will we will brace ourselves accordingly good luck okay let me know if you find anything useful. all right yeah for sure for you- sure rodney yes um what he said about heavy objects uh, what you said about heavy objects being weighted down to the bottom of the lagoon, I think I think that applies to me, and I I think I see something. All right, well, listen, I'm hella interested in whatever poo poo's got on board. So, hell, let's go for a swim. Yeah, let's do this. All right, so uh, Rodney's gonna strip off his jungle pants and his Birkenstocks. And his uh, extremely ripped shirt, which he, Mr. Echo Style has like never changed for some reason in three <laughs> weeks of being on the island. Uh, and he's going he's gonna to gear up to take a swim. Okay. Um, Billy, are you, you're watching your friend strip down. It's quite a sight. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's hard to be next to, to Rodney Sesto, human spess. Uh, but Billy's going to, he's, so he's just going to go full clothes, cannonball, jeans and all. Uh, he's heard that jeans uh, are great for swimming, so he's just doing. He's just hopping in anyway. He doesn't really care. Okay, so the pair of you uh, make your way into this pond, and you begin swimming down under the water. It's cool and it's fresh. It's the first nice body of water that isn't the ocean that you all have found, and and it's just so refreshing and invigorating. But as you dive down under and open your eyes, you see. <gasps> pair of bodies strapped into one of the seats of Oceanic 815. And there are a number of, of suitcases kind of broken open and scattered around. Um, Billy, why don't we have you make you roll a mind plus investigation? Yes, You're I'm, looking for something I'm looking for something specific. Right? What's, how many dice is that? That's a four and a two. Four and Six two. dice. My mind is a four. That is one success. Wow. There it is. And so we see Billy with his jeans on and and he arcs. He pulls into the water once, twice. And then like the sunlight, these beams of sunlight reflect, refracting down through this crystal clear water. And there's a glint of metal 
that reflects catching your golf ball and <laughs> your good eye. And, and so your eye is drawn to it. It's, it's right at the base of the seat with these two corpses in it, as macabre as, as anything you've seen, except maybe for Sullivan and Chef Jeff, because you did murder those two people. We killed them. But, but you see this glint of metal in the mud jammed underneath their seat. And, and so you, you pull yourself over towards it, your legs kicking, your arms pulling you, and you reach down your fingers. We see your hand into the mud as it closes around the familiar hilt. And uh, Billy, underwater, uh, garwals, Andrew! <laughs> Andrew! And Ronnie just sort of gives like the okay fingers, very confusingly, assuming this is garbled speak for I found it. But he's also very leery of the fact that his island BFF just picked up a sword. And we see, yes, your island BFF turning towards you. He feels, and he lifts up in front of him the blade that was broken and has been reforged. Andril, flame of the West as it is known in some circles. And, uh, yeah, he's holding this massive sword underwater. And I think that the two of you are reveling in the moment so much. You're both like, oh, my God, we need to breathe. And, and then we quickly, like, see the two of you swimming up to the surface to, like, catch gulps of air as you're treading water in this pond. And Billy's very excited about this. He and Rodney are pretty tight at this point. He he catches Rodney up to speed on because we aren't classic lost characters we share information we right, we, exactly. we bond we tell each other what's up i know a little bit about the survivor stuff at this point uh billy tells rodney uh about the lord of the rings disaster how he got fired but before he got fired uh he kind of a little bit of a rage quit a little bit of an f you f you f you you're cool i'm out uh and as a piece of that billy escaped the lord of the rings set with uh with uh prop in hand uh Andril, the 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 great sword of of the the king aragorn uh that he he smuggled out of new zealand and had on his way back to los angeles before oceanic crashed and here it is this is like their thing now this is gonna, they're going to be like the the cult of Andril. indeed they are um, and so, yeah, the pair of you, I imagine, having, like, brought yourself now to the shore, like, sitting on these rocks after Billy recounts his tale of his journey to New Zealand, his quest to um become a, a star, recapture his fame on uh, Loader, and uh, his capture of Andrew and then bringing it back on the plane. Um Yeah. What, what do you have to, how do you feel about that, right? I feel like this is, like, the the best thing that's happened to me since we've been here and frankly things have been good you know like the the the, the movie that they're going to make about us like we've got some material we've got some real material now we'll have to modify uh the what happened to sullivan and chef jeff uh of course we'll tailor it to the others of it all uh but now we've got like the righteous sword in the thick of like everybody's like having like other panic right now this is fantastic. This is going to lead me towards being the leader of men that I've always wanted to be. I'm going to I'm going to reclaim my former glory. People will know who I am. Billy, you have to listen to me really carefully, okay? Yeah, of course. What's up? I'm pretty pumped. Nobody else can know about this. And Billy immediately was like his heart just sinks. What? Listen, you know the people down there were freaking out. 
about that guy, Edgar, wandering around and killing people, right? If you come into a, the camp, swinging a weapon around, as broken as it may be, people are going to raise suspicions. And some other things from our past might be brought to light. We've been doing a pretty good job so far, that's true, but we've been doing a pretty good job by playing up whoever we are at this moment. I think we need to keep that up for a little while longer before we pull out a mythical sword. Don't you think? Uh, you talk sense, man, but that is such a thorough bummer. It is such a specific bummer. This is supposed to be my moment, dude! Well, listen, why don't we, like, find some place in the jungle to, to, to like, store it? You know, that'll be, like, your secret hiding place. Okay. You can go for it any time for, for moral support. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I thought I had heard something about, like, that bald guy, Walt, having some sort of place he keeps going to out in the jungle. Maybe this place is apparently full of hiding spots. Maybe if we go around there, we can figure out exactly what's going on. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm not opposed. Okay. And so um, the pair of you, I guess you're going to make you're going to start making your way back towards the camp, right? It's uh, it's later in the day. Well, um, I, well, I think we're gonna you. we're gonna try to uh, also maybe try to scout out a place to possibly hide the sword, so we don't go back to camp, you know, wielding with it with the sword. Yeah, got it. Um, or we so, can so, we can just like stash it somewhere in like mm. that tree we were hiding in. If you if you think it makes uh, it's better for the story if we move along. Yeah, no, no, no. You you guys take it and you begin like making your way along the trail. Like either way, you're not going to leave it out here. At the yeah, and right now I, closer, I'm swinging right? it around. I'm pretty yeah. psyched about that. I'm very. So it's it, very heavy. It's way too heavy for me to be. You're wielding. walking down the trail, spinning it and wielding it, and really like just enjoying the heft and the weight of the thing in your hand. And and I think that um, we see you like glance up at a tree and you see Billy um, one lone prosthetic foot just hanging sadly wedged Whoa. in a tree branch branch uh, oh oh god and um you remember that oh my word i i did take more than the sword when i made it through that prop room there were all the prosthetic hobbit feet <laughs> <laughs> oh that's <laughs> right i forgot there's clearly one of them like just jammed in this tree branch yeah. hanging there yeah um, I, for I forgot that i took all the smelly feet with me Quite a landmark. It'll be it'll be a landmark for the pair of you later. Uh, and so as as you as you make your way past this, um, you guys are like hiking, hiking along the trail. And I think uh, you hear you hear a sound. And then the sound around you. Of whispers. Oh, God. Indecipherable. But I think you hear in the midst of them. Billy, you hear. You'll find it again. Rodney, you hear. They know your secret. And then I think you hear. Omar coming. Oh. What the hell was that? What was all of this? And Rodney just. Books it. <laughs> Rodney <laughs> takes off running. Leaves you standing there, Billy. What are you going to do? Uh, I am going to uh, freak out 
and uh, start running after Rodney. I'm not going to be left behind okay. here. And so I think as the pair of you like race off wildly, like just smashing through the woods, classic law style, you're off the trail, you're jumping through ferns, you're diving around trees, you're ducking underneath branches, you're bobbing and you're weaving. And I think that we see um, this figure, you know, this, this like dark skinned man with his hair tied back and the scar across his face step out in the trail like, I just was going to ask him where the camp was, you know, and then uh, <laughs> the, the, the camera cuts to like uh, the pair of you as you're stumbling along and you see light, you see light in the distance flickering, firelight, firelight. This is civilization. This is one of the camps. You realize you're a bit further from the beach, but um, this must be the caves. You're near the cave. That's exactly where you are. It's dark out. It's nighttime. There's people at the caves over here. You want to take an opportunity to hide your sword before you walk up on them? Yeah, I think definitely. Uh, okay. I, I remember that there was one of the really large boulders that I took out yes. from the cave-in, uh, yes. and I'm just going to hide it right underneath that boulder that I, I heaved off to the side over here. And so the camera like follows the pair of you as you come up towards this large boulder, and you, and you heave it up behind there, and you guys can hear the voices of people distant just on the other side of all these rocks that had been excavated from the cave-in. And um, you hear the distinctive voice of one um, Mr. John Locke. And so he's talking and he he's just says, um, why did you burn the raft, Walt? And I think that we hear Walt kind of saying back to him, like, I like it here. Like, I, I've lived in a lot of places and I have to keep moving. And well, I like it here. I don't want to move anymore. And we hear John Locke saying, like, I like it here too, Walt. I like it here too. And Billy looks at Ryan and like, wait, they're both named Walt? <laughs> That's why they're so close. <laughs> and I think that the scene fades to black again. And we see the subtitle, Day 41. Whoa. Wow, big time jump. Eight Huge days. time jump. Eight days. Oh my god. That's a, that's a lost number. Indeed. And so uh, eight days later, you guys have, have found this most precious of precious things. You heard these scary whispers in the jungle. Clearly, it's the others. Um, people have been suspicious in the days since. Fortunately, a second raft has started and and Sawyer and Jan and Michael have been working together on that. Even one of the Waltz is helping. Uh, and, and so it's the night of day 41. And um, you guys are at the camp, at your camp. And water is like running low. So Sarah Stripes has like hiked up to the caves to fetch water. And I think she's just coming back to the camp and her head is is down and dejected and she's got this kind of satchel over her shoulder this makeshift carrying uh, device for for these bottles of water that she has and she she comes walking up to you guys and she's like i have some terrible news y'all terrible news you know that that real pretty boy boone no is that the one well, who kind of looks like a vampire yeah, that's him. That's him. He's real pale. That alabaster skin. It's almost as beautiful as yours, Rodney. Why, thank you. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought his name was Bloom. No, that's a much handsomer fellow than mm. this one, Bloom, yeah. but that's mm -hmm. that's a whole different well, well, ball well, what's, of wax. What's going on with him? He's hurt real bad. Mr. Locke brought him back out of the woods while I was up there gathering water. And, well, Jack was getting ready to try to 
try to operate. He's talking about a blood transfusion. I don't know how and how in tarnation he's going to be able to do something like that out here without any medical equipment. But that boy is hurt bad. Ronnie looks oh, over man. at Billy, see if he wants to jump into action once more like he always does. No, I got to be honest. I don't know who that is. And I've seen death. I've seen death a couple of times out here. Uh, circle of life, Sarah. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, that's a bummer for Boone. One, yeah, one less yeah. mouth to feed. Ain't much we can do from down here. I no. just, I thought y'all should know. No, and, no uh, I appreciate being uh, looped in. That's Rodney's nice. going to try to go in for a hug to comfort her. And uh, I think in the days since, uh, you know, her tensions have eased a little bit. And, and so, yeah, she kind of just collapses into Rodney's arms. And the camera lingers over the lot of you sitting around the campfire as, as we fade to black again. And we see the subtitle card. Um, day 44. It's the day that the raft is supposed to be launched. Your friend, uh, Dr. Arst, has advocated strongly for them to get this thing back out into the water before monsoon season sweeps upon you heavily. If they have any chance, today will be the day. And clearly, you two uh, have stepped out from amongst the crowd of gawkers to participate into the pushing of the raft into the water as nearly all of the survivors of Ape 15, of course, save Sullivan and, and Chef Jeff, who are long gone. But the rest of you are all going to help in the launching of this mm. raft, right? Oh, yeah. So everybody is on the beach here. The doctor and Freckles, uh, Mike's friend from Tallahassee, uh, Forrest Whitaker even has made a reappearance is, is down there by the raft as the lot of you. Vincent's him, barking. It is. He's, he likes to linger in the background. Yeah. Still saying creepy stuff. Indeed. Um, and, and so the lot of you, I think, uh, are, are, going to like shove out the raft into the ocean and and the group of you um helping to like push and the raft hits the water and and michael and jen and sawyer are all waving from the boat and we see walter and and second and the dog gets away from from that girl shannon who's screaming all the time and like runs out and oh it's just like this overwhelming moment for the and ronnie starts just- crying watching the dog swim out for some reason he doesn't particularly know why but it feels like it's a moment that will continually make everyone cry he feels like the need to give that dog an mvp point where he have to have some sort of ranking system <laughs> in his mind just just mm. for some reason um rodney overwhelmed with emotion and and so everybody kind of disperses and and there's this great feeling of hope and optimism that's flushed through the camp you guys have been out here for 44 days now and uh it's it's just even longer than you would have played survivor if you hadn't gotten voted out at the first tribal council rodney and so it's it's a lot it's a lot there's hope and it's then when um this wild-haired french woman comes like staggering out of the tree line like everybody seems to on this godforsaken beach and she's just like the others are coming the others are coming and uh and, and chaos breaks out. And so you see like the click begin to form up and they're talking about plans. What are we to do here? What are we going to do? And, um, Arst has like involved himself in this crew. Thank God. So you two don't have to deal with him as it were. But, um, he, he kind of comes back over walking past your campus. He's heading out to his science compound at the uh, city of spiders further down the beach. And, and he stops with the two of you like, well, um, Things are bad. They're yeah. really bad. Mm. I could have told you that much was coming. I probably already did. Anyway, the others are coming. 
This crazy French woman says that we're all in danger, but the good news is there's a bunch of unstable dynamite on a ship inland, so I'm going to go with these maniacs to try to retrieve it so they don't blow themselves up, and I'm wondering if you guys might be willing to help me with that. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, that sounds so, so fun, Leslie Fartst. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to pass. And he's like oh. holding out the word as he's looking at Rodney to see if Rodney agrees with. Yeah, plans. I mean, listen, I would love to help any day, but I mean, my hands have just been acting up, and he is violently shaking his hands around, uh, really exaggerating the effect to make it look like he'd be the worst person to handle dynamite. That's... Believe me, believe me, I understand. I understand. This is all. This, I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't feel like I have to. But these people don't stand a chance without me. Listen, I've got something really important to talk about with you guys. But obviously, this is pressing. So when I get back tonight, we need to regroup. We okay. need to regroup. And any, I'm going to tell you any teases. Yeah, maybe, maybe, any maybe you could give us a three word summary? Yeah, something that like in case you explode, like, like we'll byline. have something to like, so, like hold like, on to and investigate. And, and he like looks left and he looks right and he's like. The rest of them are holding out on something. I think that the old man found something and, and he got that, that pretty boy killed Boone and they've got secrets. They've got secrets they're keeping from all of us, you guys. Okay, and, okay. and I'm sick of being second class over here. We're going to get to the bottom of it. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll definitely get to the bottom of the secret plan that old man Walt did where he killed a vampire. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about it tonight, Farts. Have fun with your dynamite expedition. Hey. So uh, he waves at the pair of you, and he's like, I hate goodbyes, so uh, I'll be right back. And he, he turns and, like, heads off, uh, making his way, like, back towards the group of, of Jack and, and uh, Hurley and some of the others. And they head out, trekking up into the jungle towards the Black Rock. All right. Nap time? <laughs> I mean, it's... Oh, we got I know be- everybody seems to be going to the caves, but, like, isn't our thing... Not being at the caves? I would, I would <laughs> say that, but considering the fact that we were just surrounded by weird whispers about a week or so ago, I, I, I wouldn't take any chances. Safety in numbers, you know? Uh, and hey, look, seems like the doctor and Hurley and Walt are going out into the jungle. This could be your chance, dude. And Billy is now very into the idea. This had not been something that he had been considering before. Uh, but Rodney bringing up the fact that this could be his alpha dog moment. Uh, great film. Underrated. Uh, he was almost in it, but uh, the late, great Anton Yelchin scored the role that he was up for. Uh, <laughs> Rodney was in a parody of that called Alpha Doggy Style. That's right. That's right. So it's another, another of the many ways in which they are linked. Uh, Billy's going to decide, all right, cave time. Let's do it. Excellent. And so um, the pair of you make your way back towards the caves. It's a trail that you know uh, very well at this point, having traveled back and forth for water over the course of the past month. So many different reasons. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, sometimes it can take you like maybe an hour to do it, but sometimes you could do it in about five minutes. It's very incongruous. It's like there's something weird with time (laughs) happening here. And so you just... uh, You guys guys make your way back to the cave. Are you trying to uh, retrieve your item or...? Yeah, well, it's pretty close to the caves. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's just on the outside. It, it is like pinned underneath the boulder. Boulder's pretty heavy, but mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty strong after all of my feats of strength. So I'm just going to yank the sword kind of recklessly from beneath the boulder. 
Yeah, I think that Billy Wallace is able to retrieve the sword from the stone with with little to no problem. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, whatsoever. And um, what's your plan here at the caves? Do you guys have any particular agenda? Yeah, of course. Uh, so, uh, Billy and Rodney are among the final people to show up at the caves. Uh, and, uh, Billy is going to, uh, with Rodney's assistance, roll the boulder into the middle of the cave. Uh, and he's going to stand up on it Mm. and he's going to say, listen up, uh, it's only take a second. And he has the giant sword in his hand and he's swinging and he intends to make a great sweeping speech. But I think people, many of whom don't know who Billy Wallace is because he and Rodney have been so sketch off on their own, mm-hmm. uh, are now suddenly very alarmed at the sight of a man standing on a, a rolling boulder with a sword. And I do believe that the rolling boulder is starting to get away from him. So now um, he's this man on a, standing on a rolling boulder through the middle of the caves, waving a sword around uh, and like going like, whoa, because he's about to lose his balance and everyone's very afraid. And I think as the boulder begins to roll under his feet, we, we like hear the cutting voice of Charlie underneath everything like, where did he get a bloody sword? And uh, the, the, the rock like begins to roll out from under your feet. Billy Wallace, make a uh, body plus move roll to see if you can keep your balance. All right. So body is a three and move is I don't have any. Not so it's three, three dice. Three dice. All right. Mike. Here we go. All failures, my friend. Oh, God. All failures. And so Billy Wallace goes straight up into the air. The sword flies out of your hand. And we see your head turning, your one eye tracking the blade as it cartwheels next to you. And you're reaching for it. And meanwhile, the boulder rolling slowly away from you. We see uh, Richard and Mary Beth, the German smugglers from the golf course. Richard standing up like... Mary Beth and the rock is like rolling towards her and she puts her hands up in front of it as the boulder just like rolls back into her crushing her against the wall of the <laughs> caves Billy Wallace falling flat on his back the sword ding, 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 bouncing off the rock and Charlie just like bloody hell as um and then uh, Rodney whispers over to Billy I don't think we can blame this one on the others and so I think there we cut to black again and we see our subtitle day 48 (laughs) it's raining badly the pair of you are in the jungle you need food John Locke has been occupied with things for the past few days. Uh, it, it, nobody's brought you any boar. You guys are out on the beach. It's emptier than ever out there. And I think that as the pair of you are um, in the jungle, hoping that you can stumble upon a boar or a jungle cat, whichever. Have, we haven't seen the, the jungle cat in a while. Yeah, it's very true. It's been 40-something days since that happened. I wouldn't eat it if I saw it. I'd ask it questions. Billy Wallace, of course, uh, has his sword, Andrew. Yeah. With him at this point, it's revealed to everybody. Nothing to hide anymore. Yeah, it's amazing that we escaped uh, the the guilty charges on that uh, very harried makeshift trial. Uh, that they didn't find us guilty of. Uh, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we were able to convince everyone that it was a group hallucination. Much like Shannon came back saying that she saw Walt. We just said, "Oh, everyone's freaking out. It's clearly just a, an imagined thing on everybody's mind." 
And to be quite candid, Richard didn't necessarily blanch at the idea of losing his poor wife. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, Richard buried his wife in the cemetery down on the beach, along with a bunch of terrifying looking dolls. And, um, I think that as, as we find the pair of you out here in the woods, um, forest, it, it kind of like s- steps out behind you, like, um, you all have had quite an adventure these past 48 days. Where the hell have you been? Wow, throwback. I have been with you since the beginning. Though you may not see me, I am always there. Whoa, that's really freaking me out, man. Have you been, like, watching us, like, the whole time? Yeah, dude, I... Listen, I know we were okay in those first few days, but... Dude, we haven't seen you in, like, over a month. Are you... Okay? I took a vow of silence, <laughs> and I've been fasting, but... Wow. So you're it's like destined. an echo of someone else doing that. Yeah. Echo is a good word for it. Destiny brought us together in the beginning, and apart in the middle. But now, our stories are woven once again. Are you ready? Ready for what? I think it's at this moment we hear. And like a gunshot pierces the sound of the night. And we cut to black. Oh. Episode two of Lost. Oh! Whoa! All right. So the murderer bros, <laughs> Billy and Rodney, have linked back up with Forrest Whitaker. Uh, in the thick of uh, the aftermath of the others potentially coming to the camp, but not coming to the camp, but uh, an un- underreported uh, murder occurred at the camp anyway. Uh, it was a, a friendly fire, death by boulder, uh, points docked from Billy's attempt to be a leader, and it seems like more friendly fire again as we, as we put a pin in things, right as I would guess that that's poor Shannon getting offed by Anna Lucia. That's quite a good guess uh that escalated really quickly you guys i've played a lot of dungeons dragons and i, I say this very affectionately but there's a term thrown around called murder hobo uh-huh. whereby uh <laughs> the players begin to engage with most things in the context of the world via violence and i i'm not surprised but also i was delightfully surprised <laughs> uh, i gotta i gotta be honest you know bloom being more of a veteran of these kinds of things than me like uh, it felt like I would very quickly careen towards violence. Um, but, Mike, you were the one who hip-checked Arst into oh, yeah. the water as one of your very first actions. I, I think that was more of like a playful thing, like get a load of this guy, you know? Uh-huh. And I think that the unfortunate artistic javelin throw that killed poor Chef Jeff was just purely out of Rodney's terrible survival instinct. <laughs> yeah. His cheetah-like yeah. reflex skills just unfortunately ended poor chef jeff's life i mean listen we're tying up a lot of plot holes over the course of this which i guess is handy i mean another interesting thing is indeed if the tailies are meeting up with the the 815 this means that one ronnie sisto is going to get another chance to face off against james sawyer ford that's right who, uh, once upon a time started his career down a very careening path 
Yes, yes. That was a big revelation in this episode that Sawyer is partly responsible for Rodney Sesto becoming a pornographic actor. Yes, that the uh, Tampa job just seemed to be like one big long porn shoot. Yeah, so Maybe we'll that's have why to, they don't talk about it. Yeah, well, that's it was, why they don't. Yeah, it's not fit for for network television. So we're gonna have to find out what's going on with all of that. Uh, we also uh, have now learned why uh, Sullivan was never seen again on Lost after Solitary. It's because Billy and Rodney killed him. Uh, they murdered Sullivan. Oh, uh, and he had and so many hunting skills he could have used. Yeah, and the boar clearly dry up because Chef Jeff is gone, and there's nobody just to pop to out pop and him out. them yep, immediately. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so he's, he's gone as well. Uh, we finally revealed a key piece of Billy's backstory that he was briefly going to appear on Lord of the Rings. And also, I suppose, in the Lost timeline, uh, Lord, of the Th- Lord of the Rings didn't come out until uh, a few years uh, after it actually came out in the real world, because it's not filming until 2004, mm. according to my uh, continuity-breaking backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just have to kind of accept that as, uh, as, part, of the, as part of the narrative now. Yes, as is uh, Rodney learning from Shane Powers about nicotine withdrawal. Mm-hmm. That happened a few years beforehand instead. But time travel, you know, like yeah. there's stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't wait till we get there. That was a lot of fun, you guys. I hope you two enjoyed that. This is I, hilarious. Oh, this is great. This, this is so I had great. a long list of things to hit from the many podcasts <laughs> that have ensued since the last time we did this. I touched some of them, but God, you guys give me too much to work with. So yeah, that was a lot I, of fun. I, I'm surprised that there were no drinks on me. Uh, that felt like uh, we, we would get to that. I feel like if we uh, had hung out with Omar, maybe it would have happened, but I think if we it. ran away. Yeah. Yeah. Mike's reading my mind. Yeah, yeah. Mike's Mike's on a wavelength. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we were we were in the we were in the thick of that. I think we turned some things down. You have to remind me who Mary Beth and Richard are. They were okay, yeah, they were uh, two of the people that I feel like were complaining about something. Mary Beth was supposed to be the one who's having the asthma attacks, but that gets written into Shannon. Oh, this was like an alternate right. script in the very beginning. And there is actually a character named Richard that appears from the beginning as like an extra background guy. He's there for the raft launch. He's there for all manner of other things. But originally, Richard was supposed to be a man in his 50s. And um, I believe you guys said something about a German person. And oh, that. yeah. We did. We did. Yeah, the other the German guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so that then uh, just birthed itself into Richard and uh, the firework doll smuggling. I, uh, to, in my mind, that all just bundled itself. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it was but the she's life. dead now. <laughs> yeah, she's dead. It's a shame she didn't blow up in a big cascade of fireworks, but a boulder will do the trick. Why Why go through all the... Why blow the pyrotechnics budget yeah. uh, when it's all going to be used it's on when it's uh, all Dr. Forrest anyway? on the island at that point in time, so... Ex- ex- exactly. Uh, but no, that's great. And Billy was... I, I was interested in pursuing a love story between Billy and Mary Beth. Uh, but then, as I was starting to embark down that path, very quickly, I was like, oh, but that probably means we're not going to play golf. We should play golf. Uh, so that was that was the death of and that. And I cannot uh, wait to get to season three, Josh, if only to go in-depth on the characters that are Nakey and Poo-Poo. We're going to have oh, so, yeah. so much for them. <laughs> I think we're going to have a lot of fun there. I'm very curious to see what Forrest has up his sleeves now that he has broken his vow of silence uh, his 40-day vow of silence. That was a great twist that I didn't see coming. Uh, so we'll, we'll find out there. And it seems like with the, with the, with the death at the caves that uh, basically marked the end of the episode, uh, that Billy and, uh, and Rodney, uh, originally who, who said, like, let's not go to the caves, 
they were going to have something cataclysmic happen there no matter what they chose. Mm. So uh, the, the, the island always beckons. You can't, you can't escape your destiny. Whatever happens, happens. Exactly. Exactly. Rich, this was long overdue yes. and an absolute delight to get to do for some bonus lost podcasting this week. Uh, can't thank you enough for, for, for bringing this back into our universe. It's just you, an absolute you. delight. And thank I you really, for, uh, for just juggling all the balls we've been throwing at you, whether it's mentioning names on the 40 plus podcasts or just like, uh, or, or just like even handling things in the moment when I decide to hurl a pointy stick at a new character you introduce. You are yeah, an brilliant. expert master of these types of things, and we cannot thank you enough for all the talent you bring to these yeah, things. Yeah, I think to like distill your performance on this podcast into more of a visual, uh, right now, Mike, I am raising my fist in a horizontal <laughs> uh, fashion. Okay, and uh, I'm going to take both my hands put it around Josh's fist and pump it up and down like a slot machine lever. Yeah, and I'm going to go, chink, chink, chink. And then we're both simultaneously going to go, jackpot. And then pretend to throw coins up in the air here. I'll throw the dice. Yeah. Yeah. Success all around. Yeah, we did it. Um, it's really a delight. You guys keep me on my toes. Thank you so very much for inviting me to participate in this ridiculousness. It is an honor. It is a privilege and is delightfully hilarious to be in uh, such an illustrious place as has been uh, the the glove DJ Dom himself. <laughs> yes, that was a revolution. And um, yeah, it really is a joy. It's very different than a lot of the other RPG games that I play. I am very much playing to see what happens with you two. I have no clue what you're going to do, and and it's fun every time. It's going to be really great to see what comes next. Uh, I would expect somewhere uh, around early season three, we will check back in uh, to find out what strange fate befalls Billy Wallace and Rodney Sisto next. Rich, for anybody who wants to to ask you questions about the Lost RPG or just find out what you're up to, uh, check in with you. Where can they find you on the internet? So the best place is going to be on Twitter. I am Warfrat1625. That's W-H-A-R-F-R-A-T-1625. R Philly on the Twitters. Hit me up. I'll talk about RPGs much more than you're prepared to listen to. So. All right. So so hit up uh, hit up my main man, Rich Filiberto. Uh, talk to him about anything that you want to talk to him about. One of my favorite people on the whole entire freaking planet. Mm-hmm. I'm so uh, sad we won't be going to Hawaii. Though. I I'm know. So yes. Uh, if, if you haven't heard the news yet because of everything happening with COVID-19, um, Lost 2020 has been canceled. Uh, very, very disappointing, but a fully understandable decision. Uh, and uh, I know a decision that was really heartbreaking. Um, for Kelly, who organizes the show, to to have to make, uh, we'll talk about it again on um, the the next episode of Down the Hatch, where we're going to be talking about what Kate did, and I mean, just to put I a think, date on this podcast. Oh, yeah, timing. I think, what, I think what Billy and Rodney did trumps what Kate did uh, on the island, at least. Yeah, or, I do think so. Island. I mean, no, what she did, what she did, is not nearly as uh, as bad as what <laughs> Billy and Rodney did. What Billy and Rodney have done is unforgivable. Uh, I do, I do hope in the long haul they get what's coming to them because they're terrible people, <laughs> bitter, 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 murderous narcissists uh, who definitely deserve death uh, by the end, and probably to not move on to the sideways. But we'll see. Uh, we'll play that out as the years progress. Uh, but we'll be talking about what Kate did next on uh, the the Lost Podcast. 
podcast, and we'll also be talking about what Evangeline Lilly did uh, on the next episode of the Down the Hatch podcast. And we'll we'll give more of an overview on uh, what's going on with with Lost Twenty Twenty. But yeah, the the short headline is uh, sadly it is not moving forward. Um, Mike Bloom, uh, we'll be back talking about what Kate did in the mm-hmm. not too distant future. You're also going to be getting together with Jessica Lee to talk about Star Trek Picard. Yeah, talking soon. about what Picard did uh, for the uh-huh. for the penultimate episode of season one. It should probably be out if not soon after before this podcast releases so yeah it's all it's all happening we put out what like six or so podcasts this week on post show recaps trying a to lot, keep everyone's spirits lifted amidst some very difficult and troubling times and hopefully the material here was not difficult and troubling uh and hopefully well it should to- be troubling at least i think some troubling, of the choices we made were very troubling uh but hopefully easy listening uh at the very least hopefully you got some laughs out of this thing uh we've got tons going on in post show as mike says not just picard not just down the hatch uh westworld podcasting we've got breaking uh we've got better call saul podcasting walking dead po- podcasting uh curb your enthusiasm is coming to an end so rob akiva and myself are going to be talking about that in the not too distant future so we're keeping you loaded up uh as best as we can uh so subscribe to to not just the down the hatch feed but just post show recaps generally and you'll make sure uh that you don't miss a single episode of any of that uh we will be back place on the internet it's a good place it's a a good spot to be in we feel pretty good about what we're doing right now uh you know we we need as much content as we can get we need our options right now uh, we, need, we need the distraction. So hopefully this was a good distraction for everybody else. I know it was for me. Uh, and just an absolute blast to spend the last two and a half hours on the island making terrible decisions mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. left left and right. We will make many more bad decisions at some point in the future with the next episode of The Lost RPG. Until then, everybody, take care. Goodbye. Sixty five, forty four, eight, fifteen, 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 sixty five, forty four, eight, fif